Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender, and there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. And thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the grassroots uh, growing conversation and the conservative conversation. Uh, we are part of the Patriot Journalist Network, and you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will do commentary and analysis of the second uh, presidential debate between uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And uh, to my understanding, not as many people watched that debate as they did the debate, uh, the first debate, which, you know, of course, everyone wanted to see kind of the, uh, you know, drama TV or uh, reality TV of the of the first debate. Maybe some thought uh, it would be uh, perhaps uh, just the first time seeing these two folks uh, go at it face to face, drew more folks. But I tell you what, I really wish more uh, people, I think maybe around 77 million did, uh, whereas in the first one it was close to 100-something million, uh, seeing the debate. Because Donald Trump was the Donald Trump we all uh, really needed to come out. I mean, he, in my opinion, uh, I think he's, you know, cleaned her clock. I really did. I think he won the debate. And we'll discuss as well whether him winning that debate uh, is enough to defeat Hillary Clinton, especially with uh, the information we're getting now. Uh, of course, there's those, that audio, uh, which if we want, we could talk more about that, uh, that happened previously. And then also, uh, you know, with the poll numbers are showing now, but we're going to have uh, Jim Condon on for a briefly time again, talk about the importance of watching the vote, folks. Uh, we really need to uh, put some more information on that later. Uh, but definitely want to watch the watch the vote. We'll watch the electronic vote because it sounds like they're really trying to rig things. I mean, you know, trying to make it as if, oh well, Hillary Clinton's definitely going to win. You know, there's no chance for uh, Donald Trump to win. And so I think they're really starting to get get ready to push that narrative. Uh, now, if you look at the crowds going into the rallies, and I'm actually going to a rally, uh, Donald Trump rally tomorrow, and I'm looking to do some uh, man in the street type interviews. Those folks get their thoughts on uh, two things. One, uh, with these new polls coming out, you know, whether you can really believe them or not, especially as I was getting ready to, you know, which I was alluding to, 
and that is the crowds uh, that, you know, Donald Trump is having, you know, way more so than than Hillary. Uh, and that just does, doesn't play out to seem uh, very realistic that uh, she's that much ahead. I mean, I know there was a big hit with the, uh, you know, that vid, that audio, I guess, and video, you know, those things uh, Trump said. But seriously, folks, I mean, this, uh, 11 years ago, and I'm really not going to belabor uh, that because we got plenty of material uh, that we want uh, to cover uh, tonight uh, with the, uh, you know, our analysis of the last debate. And of course, you know, some uh, current events as well. And so we'll uh, scroll up here. Uh, so we'll be covering that too. Uh, so if you'd like to chime in, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And uh, we'll get you uh, into the show. Just ask to push the one on your number dial. And uh, we'll get you in. And so what we'll do is uh, we're going to play the debate clips in order, uh, especially for those who did not get the opportunity. And I got most of what was said uh, during the debate, so almost half the time tonight may be taken uh, with listening to the different audio from the debate. Uh, but be that as it may, you know, I did that purposely because I want to make sure that those who did not get to hear it, uh, one, in its entirety, Two, linearly, because I'm sure there's been some audio clips, uh, you know, and some little smidgets here and there that you've seen on the different media outlets of the debate, but actually hearing it in order. And I'm going to try to make it do in order as I can. I do have them uh, put in in order, uh, not, to try, not to sound redundant there. But there may be, if a certain point comes up and it behooves us to play them out of order, we, we may choose to do so. So what we're going to do is we are going to, you know, I skipped the first question uh, there because that just had to do, you know, a lot with, you know, that tape and, you know, you spent a lot of time on it. And frankly, I don't think, I, I don't think that audio is worth our time. I really don't. I don't think it's uh, what, you know, what we're here for, what the American people cares. I mean, it does, it doesn't bring anything to the floor on what Donald Trump would do to the, what Donald Trump would do for the country. And so, once again, if uh, you'd like to chime in, uh, just push one on the number dial, and we will get you into the show to make our commentary uh, of the debate, as well as talk about the other topics that I introduced tonight. Uh, so first, uh, what we do have someone uh, will have a uh, chime in, uh, and we'll get their call, and then we'll get those audios going. Uh, thank you very much. Area code 803, thank you for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, Robert. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So give us a um give us a synopsis. Did you watch the debate? No, I did not. Okay. Well, well good thing we're gonna be listening to it then. Uh we got the audio. So what I'm gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and and I'm trying to Get um is this Ann? This is Ann, yes. I'm sorry? Yes, this is Ann. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit there, Ann. <laughs> um uh, this is kinda break that. Yeah, we gotta get that uh that accent of yours. <laughs> so which well, which you know I like. Uh but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and, and since you're on and We'll go ahead and listen to those, as I said earlier, and this may have been before you called in, is 
we, you know, I have a pretty linear. I got most of the the content, so I'd really like to get your uh, your take on that. And I do see some other callers on, so just push the one on your number dial uh, when you'd like to get in. So let me go ahead, and I will keep our mics open. So uh, if there's going to be any background noise, uh, let's uh, mute our, our phones or mics, whatever you're using. And this is the first, you know, the first question. It wasn't the first question because I stated earlier. Uh, you know, the first question, of course, had more to do with that audio that was Friday. And maybe we'll get, uh, you know, your take on that if you'd like, Ann. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and we have plenty of materials tonight. I listen to that audio. Generating intense interest in just 48 hours, it's become the single most talked-about story of the entire 2016 election on Facebook, with millions and millions of people discussing it on the social network. As we said a moment ago, we do want to bring in questions from voters around the country via social media. And our first stays on this topic. Jeff from Ohio asks on Facebook, Trump says the campaign has changed him. When did that happen? So, Mr. Trump, let me add to that. When you walked off that bus at age 59, were you a different man, or did that behavior continue until just recently? And you have two minutes for this. I told you, that was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I am a person who has great respect for people, for my family, for the people of this country, and certainly I'm not proud of it. But that was something that uh, happened. If you look at uh, Bill Clinton, far worse, minor words, and his was action. His was what he's done to women. There's never been anybody in the history of politics in this nation that's been so abusive to women. So you can say any way you want to say it, but Bill Clinton was abusive to women. Hillary Clinton attacked those same women and attacked them viciously. Four of them are here tonight. One of the women who is a wonderful woman, at 12 years old, was raped at 12. Her client, she represented, got him off, and she's seen laughing on two separate occasions, laughing at the girl who was raped. Kathy Shelton, that young woman, is here with us tonight. So don't tell me about words. I am absolutely, I apologize for those words. But it is things that people say. But what? President Clinton did. He was impeached. He lost his license to practice law. He had to pay an $850,000 fine to one of the women, Paula Jones, who's also here tonight. And I will tell you that when Hillary brings up a point like that, and she talks about words that I said 11 years ago, I think it's disgraceful, and I think she should be ashamed of herself, if you want to know the truth. Well, first, let me start by saying that so much of what he's just said is not right, but he gets to run his campaign any way he chooses. He gets to decide what he wants to talk about. Instead of answering people's questions, talking about our agenda, laying out the plans that we have that we think can make uh, a better life and a better country, that's his choice. When I hear something like that, I am reminded of what my friend Michelle Obama advised us all. When they go low, you go high. And look, if this were just about one video, maybe what he's saying tonight 
would be understandable. But everyone can draw their own conclusions at this point about whether or not the man in the video or the man on the stage respects women. But he never apologizes for anything to anyone. He never apologized to Mr. and Mrs. Khan, the Gold Star family, whose son, Captain Khan, died in the line of duty in Iraq. And Donald insulted and attacked them for weeks over their religion. He never apologized to the distinguished federal judge who was born in Indiana. But Donald said he couldn't be trusted to be a judge because his parents were, quote, Mexican. He never apologized to the reporter that he mimicked and mocked on national television and our children were watching. And he never apologized for the racist lie that President Obama was not born in the United States of America. He owes the president an apology. He owes our country an apology. And he needs to take responsibility for his actions and his words. Well, you owe the president an apology because, as you know very well, uh, your campaign, Sidney Blumenthal, he's another real winner that you have. And he's the one that got this started along with your campaign manager. And they were on television just two weeks ago, she was saying exactly that. So you really owe him an apology. You're the one that sent the pictures around your campaign, sent the pictures around with President Obama in a certain garb. That was long before I was ever involved. So you actually owe an apology. Number two, Michelle Obama. I've gotten to see the commercials that they did on you. And I've gotten to see some of the most vicious commercials I've ever seen of Michelle Obama talking about you, Hillary. So you talk about friend, go back and take a look at those commercials. A race where you lost, fair and square, unlike the Bernie Sanders race where you won, but not fair and square in my opinion. And all you have to do is take a look at WikiLeaks and just see what they said about Bernie Sanders and see what Deborah Wasserman Schultz had in mind, because Bernie Sanders, between superdelegates and Deborah Wasserman Schultz, he never had a chance. And I was so surprised to see him sign on with the devil. But when you talk about apology, I think the one that you should really be apologizing for and the thing that you should be apologizing for are the 33,000 emails that you deleted and that you acid washed. And then the two boxes of emails and other things last week that were taken from an office and are now missing. And I'll tell you what, I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it, but if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation, because there has never been so many lies, so much deception, there has never been anything like it, and we're gonna have a special prosecutor. When I speak, I go out and speak, the people of this country are furious. In my opinion, the people that have been long-term workers at the FBI are furious. There has never been anything like this where emails and you get a subpoena, you get a subpoena, and after getting the subpoena, you delete 33,000 emails, and then you acid wash them, or bleach them, as you would say, a very expensive process. So we're gonna get a special prosecutor and we're gonna look into it because you know what? People have been 
their lives have been destroyed for doing one-fifth of what you've done, and it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Secretary Clinton, I want to follow up on that. I'm going to let you talk about the mail. Everything he just said is absolutely false, but I'm not surprised. In the first debate, the audience needs to calm down here. that it would be impossible to be fact-checking Donald all the time. I'd never get to talk about anything I want to do and how we're going to really make lives better for people. So, once again, go to HillaryClinton.com. We have literally Trump. You can fact-check him in real time. Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people fact-checking, so I expect we'll have millions more fact-checking because, you know, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. We want to remind Boy, the people really liked it, or at least a, a large group of the people really liked the idea of uh, Hillary Clinton going to jail. And I think there's a lot of folks who, are, who think that she believes she's above the law, and certainly she uh, should be behind bars. And, you know, one thing you mentioned, the, you know, she mentioned the Khan uh, family, or, you know, Mr. Khan, or whatever you want to call him. Uh, remember the reports out there about his possible ties you know, to the uh, Muslim Brotherhood and things of that nature and how he used his business uh, to get uh, people over here in this country uh, and kind of bypass the system in order to get certain folks over here. Uh, But, we'll, you know, we could save that for another show. Let's go ahead and uh, get your comments on that, uh, especially since you weren't able to hear the uh, or, you know, or see the debate the other night. What do you think, Ann? Oh, boy. There's a lot there. (laughs) Um, So it was interesting, the question about whether or not Donald Trump has changed. And I do have a lot to say about that. Um, You know, there have been a lot of people close to um, Donald Trump who spent a lot of time with him recently who – um, I've read a lot of things that they have been saying, and people like Dr. James Dobson and Ben Carson. Um, you know, I just read recently uh, talking about Trump uh, when he prayed before the um, debate the other night, and he, Ben Carson was asked if Trump asked for forgiveness because that's been a big topic of all Donald Trump thinks he doesn't need to ask for forgiveness. Um, and Ben Carson said that he, he did. He, in fact, did do that. Um, and I think it's interesting, this whole discussion that's been going on on social media about all of that. Um, I saw so many people talking about how Trump supposedly said he doesn't need forgiveness. Um, and so I went and actually looked up what Trump had said about that, and nothing that I found was that Trump had said he didn't need forgiveness. Um, what I found was that he said that he doesn't like to have to ask for forgiveness, that he tries to do good um, so that he doesn't have to ask for forgiveness. So people are always twisting his words, and I would just encourage anybody who mm-hmm. is hearing things that Trump said this or Trump said that, go and research it yourself and find the actual words, even with these tapes, and that's probably, you probably want to get to that later, but um, it's just amazing the things that people will say that he supposedly said and you go look it up yourself, and it's not at all what he said. 
Um, I don't like to have to ask for forgiveness. Who does? No one likes to have to ask for forgiveness. Uh, no one that I know likes to admit that they've been wrong. Um, so, you know, I don't think anyone can point a finger at Trump and say, oh, well, you know, he thinks he doesn't have to ask for forgiveness, when the truth is that just like everyone else, the fact is that he doesn't like to have to ask for forgiveness, and that's something that all of us can relate to. Yeah. Who, who wants to do that? <laughs> I mean, you, know, you have to and you have to. And uh, we're yeah, going to thank Lisa, and, who was in the chat. She'll be back. Go ahead. No, I was just going to uh, piggybacking on this topic where uh, Hillary Clinton was talking about, you know, Trump's never apologized, and, and that's totally wrong. I, I heard him say that he had made some statements during the campaign that he shouldn't have made and he was apologizing. So she's totally wrong on that. And her sitting there accusing him of lying when the whole country knows that she's in fact, the one who lies Um, and her sitting there saying that to him with those women sitting there. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I'm not exactly sure what else to say about that, but um, to sit there and try to, lecture Trump on you don't apologize when you have all those women sitting there and one being, you know, the, the one who's rapist she defended. And then we've, I've heard the audio of her laughing while she's yeah, talking so about this just casually. It's that, that's just, that's despicable. And she knew he was guilty. I mean, she even made that comment about the lie detectors like, yeah, I lost all uh, faith. And uh, lie detectors, you know, that might not be the, the, the term she used. She might use the official term for, you know, a polygraph. Yeah, she said, she, right. I lost all faith in the polygraph after that. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, you know, so, you know, I think they're, one of the things we talked about, and, and I want to ask you, you know, ask you this is, you know, about and we're going to have Jim Condit coming in uh, later, at least, we're, you know, he, he says he's going to show up, and he, he's been working on with Watch the Votes, uh, you know, watching the electronic votes. And it's it's like, they're, you know, one of the things he was contending is that, you know, they're going to try to, you know, because he, he, he thinks there's no way that the polls are right and that they're actually going to try to, you know, steal the election through the electronic voting system because, I mean, it's really – to my understanding, not that hard to do. And, and so they're kind of building the, the narrative that, you know, now, of course, if you've seen the polls, now they're saying, oh, if the election was held today, you know, Trump would only have 187 electoral college votes and, and Hillary Clinton would have like 300 and something of that nature. So it looks like they're already starting to build that narrative. Uh, but if you go to the different rallies, which I'll be at one tomorrow, uh, that, you know, you have tens of thousands of people there and Hillary Clinton, you know, doesn't, you know, then how, how they're having where, you know, she's, you know, what I've heard anywhere between 10 and 15 percent ahead of Trump. Right. I just don't see it, especially that. after his debate performance. Mm-mm. No, I don't believe it. Now, did you see the did you see the first debate? Uh, no, not really. I started to watch it, and, you know, real honestly, I just was so nervous because, you know, this is – our country is just such a, a – I believe a critical point, as I think many people do, and I, I just was very nervous and, and just didn't really want to – didn't really want to uh, – 
to watch the debate because I know who I'm voting for, so it's not going to impact my vote at all. Um, so I, I did. I watched maybe the first question or two, but then I just kind of turned it off and prayed from there. <laughs> yeah, he really didn't, you know, come at her in the first debate, but he really did in this one. And, and since my gosh, Roman said at the bottom of the hour uh, of the show, unbelievably enough. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, play for the sake of the folks who did not uh, hear all of it, including yourself. Uh, one of the other, the, the second debate question, as I said, I might skip the question or two during the debate. Uh, there were a few that I decided, you know, not to do the audio for because, you know, I didn't think those were as uh, consequential as the other questions. And I know Cindy, who I see on the line, Cindy, so you'd like to chime in and just push the one. Uh, there was one in particular, and I think I might know which one she's talking about, uh, which clip she's talked about, so I'm pretty sure I probably have that. Uh, it was later on in the debate, if that's any hint. Uh, that really should be, you know, really should be telling. I think it should really uh, be important to your independence and your, you know, undecideds at this point. I don't know how many of those there are. Let's hope there's still, <laughs> you know, a lot of them out there. But let's go ahead and then play the second uh, I do want clip. I want to follow up on emails. You've said your handling of your emails was a mistake. You disagreed with Director, FBI Director James Comey calling your handling of classified information, quote, extremely careless. The FBI said that there were 110 classified emails that were exchanged, eight of which were top secret, and that it was possible hostile actors did gain access to those emails. You don't call that extremely careless? Well, Martha, first let me say, and I've said it before, but I'll repeat it because I want everyone to hear it. That was a mistake, and I take responsibility for using a personal email account. Uh, obviously, if I were to do it over again, I would not. I'm not making any excuses. Uh, it was a mistake, and I am very uh, sorry about that. But I think it's also important uh, to point out where there are some misleading accusations from critics and others. Uh, after a year-long investigation, there is no evidence that anyone hacked the server I was using, and there is no evidence that anyone uh, can point to at all, anyone who says otherwise has no basis, that any classified material ended up in the wrong hands. I take classified material very seriously and always have. When I was on the Senate Armed Services Committee, I was privy to a lot of classified material. Obviously, as Secretary of State, I had some of the most important secrets uh, that we possess, such as going after bin Laden. Uh, so I am very committed to taking classified information seriously. And as I said, there is no evidence uh, that any classified information ended up in the wrong hands. Okay, we're going to move on. And yet she didn't know the word, the letter C on a document, right? She didn't even know what that word, what that letter meant. You know, it's amazing. I'm watching Hillary go over facts, and she's going after fact after fact, and she's lying again because she said she, you know, what she did with the emails was fine. You think it was fine to delete 33,000 emails? I don't think so. She said the 33,000 emails had to do with her Daughter's wedding, number one, and a yoga class. Well, maybe we'll give three or three or four or five or something. 33,000 emails deleted. And now she's saying there wasn't anything wrong. And more importantly, that was after getting a subpoena. That wasn't before. That was after. She got it from the United States Congress. And I'll be honest, I am so disappointed in congressmen, including Republicans, for 
allowing this to happen. Our Justice Department, where her husband goes onto the back of an airplane for 39 minutes, talks to the Attorney General days before a ruling is going to be made on her case. But for you to say that there was nothing wrong with you deleting 39,000 emails, again, you should be ashamed of yourself. What you did, and this is after getting a subpoena from the United States Congress. We have to move on. You Secretary Clinton, you can respond, and then we've got to move on. We want to give the audience a chance You be put in jail, let alone after getting a subpoena from the United States Secretary Congress. Secretary Clinton, you can respond, then we have to move on to an audience question. Look, it's just not true, and so please oh, you, oh, you go didn't delete them? Allow her to respond, please. Them. Personal emails, not oh, official. 33,000? Yeah. Well, we turned over 35,000, so. Oh, yeah. It, what about the other 50,000? Uh, please allow her to respond. She didn't talk while you talked. Yes, that's true. I didn't. Uh, I didn't in the say. first debate, and uh, I'm going to try not to in this debate because uh, I'd like to get to the questions that the people have brought here tonight uh, to talk to us about. And get off this question. Okay, Donald, I know you're into big diversion tonight, anything to avoid talking about your campaign and the way it's exploding and the way Republicans are leaving you. But let's, let's, let's at see least what focus on some of the issues that people care about tonight. Let's get to their question. We have a question here from Kim. I'm going to make some comments on that. We have Susan on the line as well. The line is... When, when she oh she sounds real sorry about the emails I mean really uh, you know so she, uh, we, we know she's not and then you know she of course she wants to try to uh, take credit for Bin Laden which you know I'm I'm really not a conspiracy theorist per se but do we even really know we got him I mean we got some pictures uh, I mean look at look what happened Let, let's talk about that uh, people don't really talk about this much at all well I mean they did a little bit we had uh, Michael Strange on who was the father of one of those SEAL Team 6 who was the helicopter got shot down. And through most of the people, if not all of the people who were on that team that got Bin Laden, I believe they went down in that helicopter. But so do we really know if, if we got Bin Laden? I mean, within 24 hours, they, they buried his body at sea. So, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to find out later that they really didn't get him. They tried to just do it to make, uh, make Obama look good. So there's a possibility of that. And as to the GOP, you know, his, his campaign exploding, the GOP, the people who left Donald Trump and said, oh, we no longer support him anymore, other people really didn't want to support him in the first place. I mean, look at Paul Ryan. I mean, he never wanted to support him. I mean, Ryan's Priebus, I mean, Ryan's Priebus, you know, he never wanted to really, you know, he's kind of coming back now a little bit, Priebus, I mean, Priebus is. <laughs> And yeah, I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name on purpose, you probably see. Uh, but he never, you know, he never was really fully supportive of Donald Trump. Uh, Paul Ryan certainly, uh, did, you know, was not really behind him. So any opportunity, these, you know, and John McCain, and so any opportunity these, you know, Republicans, and let's be honest, are these Republicans really a true opposition party? I mean, they don't care. I mean, they would vote for Hillary Clinton for Donald Trump because they're a part of the political class, and he's not. He's not a part of their club. And so these guys, you know, part of, oh, they're leaving, all these people are leaving. Yep. So what? They really didn't support him anyway. And so, uh, Susan, we'll get you in, but let's uh, get uh, your take, Ann. I agree 100%. I don't think they really supported him. It was uh, reluctant and fake support. And honestly, um, I'm not sure about this, but I believe it was Billy Bush who leaked the tape. And my thinking is that they probably put him up to it, honestly. 
Oh, wow. I never even – I haven't heard that, but that would not surprise – yeah, how would they get a hold of that tape? If it was only those – think, yeah. Think about it, folks. If it was only those two people in this locker room talk, that means – here's the thing. Is it, what was his mic open for anyway? Did they turn on his mic? Why were they rec- – yeah, no one asked this question. Why were they recording him in the first place? Why were they recording a private conversation? Now, this was 11 years ago. No one knew that he was going to be running for president. I'm sure he didn't think he was going to be running for president 11 years ago. But who knows? People like Donald Trump, they like to keep things on them because they want to be able to use it against them later just in case they need it. But, yeah, that's a very good point. Where would they have gotten that live mic? Where did they get that at? Did anyone even ask where that audio came from? Not even your so-called conservative Fox News has done that. That's a very good point. Very good point. Uh, let's go ahead. And we got Susan and John on the line. Uh, but let's go and let's see. Uh, well, we have Lisa who was in the chat. Her cell was dying. Uh, let's hope uh, she'll be able to get back uh, into the uh, the show. Listening in. Uh, uh, the whoops, in her chat. She's not on Facebook any longer as well. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to hear from her. We've got Cindy on the line too. So we'll be getting everyone in uh, in order of uh, where they've called. So let's go ahead uh, first and. And we've got uh, Susan. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And I'm glad, you know, and uh, one thing, you know, we've got we've got plenty of women here. And this is the first show uh, since, you know, this whole debacle with that tape that came out. And I don't want to, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, okay? But I, I've talked to a lot, I mean, some women after that happened. And the media is making, I think, and, and it's the ladies can tell me, a much bigger deal than what this really is with, with, with what he said 11 years ago. I mean, oh, my God, you know, Donald Trump said the P word. Yeah, how, I mean, seriously. I mean, if you Diddy or somebody like that was to say it, you know, that'd be all – anyway, that might be – I know they'd be like, well, he's not running for president. But what, what do you – you know, you're like, oh, to go ahead, Susan. Then we got John, then, uh, then you, uh, Cindy, then we'll play the other audios. Go ahead, Susan. Um, well, <laughs> um, let's just say there's a lot of things uh, right now that I'm thinking. I am glad my father never talked like that. And I know he didn't. He just was a very Christian man. He was a good man, very kind. So I am glad that I didn't have a dad that did that, okay? There was a lot of things with dad. But he was not like a lot of politicians anyway. He wasn't a politician. So... The next thing is, all right, um, I wouldn't want him talking like that around me, but it's not like men, many men don't crack dirty jokes or they just forget. Well, it depends on their upbringing, too. You know, if you're brought up in a Christian home, you don't do that. But at the same time, there's a lot of Christian boys that, geez, you go on a date with them, it's all real. Roman hands and Russian fingers. So, you know, it, it doesn't always matter if they've been brought up in a Christian home either. <clears throat> but I'm not sure that Donald Trump was, per se, brought up in a strict conservative home. And we all knew he was a womanizer. I mean, he's been married three times, but Cain was a womanizer. Good gravy. Newt Gingrich. Oh, sorry, I know he's your paragon of virtue, but come on, to be honest, he wasn't exactly a. Uh, uh, blushing, uh, whatever, uh, where he, he was modest and chaste and all that. Come on, we know better. Um, a lot of them 
Kennedy's weren't. Um, and yet, John yeah, look at the Kennedys. They're, they're they're put up on a pedestal. Well, I have good reason with John F. Kennedy. He stood for our country. When he was about, he was about thin cast of first stone. Okay, that's just plain and simple. And I'm not. And I tore into Mike Lee and Senator Crapo because my girlfriend messaged me, and she said, "And who does he think he is? Because he drank." And drove good Mormon that he is. I'm like, oh boy. So I tore into him. He's in trouble with the Idaho County Republicans. I don't, um, they're not going to support him with money. Or, yeah, some people are going to cut up and it'll spite their face. And some of them are going to, we're going to vote Democrat when he runs again. I'm like, okay, he got 70% rating. Come on, just because you don't like what he's doing right now. And Mike Lee is the LDS too. There's a lot of LDS, I think, that are been raised a certain way, and they're having trouble dealing with that. It doesn't mean when they go into the booth that they won't vote for him. They never have said they wouldn't vote for him. They're just like, we want to waste it because we're not that way. We weren't raised that way. And I think there's some people sincerely uh, feel that way, that, that that's just too overwhelming. They weren't brought up that way, okay? And so I turned to Crapel and Mike Lee, and I, I told him, you know, you're not perfect. I don't know what Mike Lee has or hasn't done, but Crapel, I reminded him. I said, we all forgave you because you dro- drove and drank. You drank and drove. Okay, so, you know, you have to learn to forgive, too. And um, I, I really know exactly how I feel. But I'm not going to back away from supporting him. If he's got a good conservative rating, just to vote for somebody who's lousy, because I'm mad about him saying, well, I'm not going to endorse Donald Trump. And Mike Lee, well, he's a good guy, too, overall. But he just, I think he, he was, you know. I think he's a good Mormon boy that, just like Crapo, came back and they're into their marriage and they're, they, you know, except for mistakes here and there, they are good people, and they just, that was a little bit much for them, okay, and I, I'm not going to say that I particularly like it, nor am I going to say that um, he was my first pick, he wasn't, Iran Paul, you know that, and oh, yeah. uh, Ted, is still, Ted, Ted is still endorsing him, what can Ted say, he supposedly, um, his wanker went, or his tally went, <laughs> I know, it's a time of night. You We're not in bars watching after dark yet. And, <laughs> and so let's go ahead and go. Uh, and Rubio, Rubio. You know, we got, uh, what did he say? Okay, we also got, yeah, we've got uh, some other callers on. We're going to get in. We, we, we're going to continue on uh, with uh, our, you know, commentary on uh, the debate. And, of course, we'll, you know, bring in some other things. But we've got John in and Susan. We also have David on the line. And uh, everyone's mics are open. Uh, there's still plenty of time uh, to get everyone get everyone in and also uh, to play some more audio, make uh, commentary on that debate and, you know, over here in the polls, things of that nature. But let's go ahead and bring in John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? You're sounding good. Everybody's sounding good. Um, as far as this particular Thank debate and a, couple, and a couple of audio pieces you played so far, um, I, I was kind of shocked that he was telling her to her face right then, hey, and letting the whole, you know, world know that, 
if he gets elected to be president, he's going to have a special investigator and investigate her business and stuff. Because he says he always likes to keep everything hit, you know, kind of secret, and then go out and kick tail and then talk about it later. Otherwise, you you lose the that surprise, you know. He he doesn't want to telegraph to the enemy his plans and stuff. So I was kind of shocked that he did that, and I didn't I didn't. Well, he probably like did that because a lot of people would like to see that happen. <laughs> there might yeah, be people who vote for him just for the very fact he would do that. I know, but I think it's very few people. Most people would prefer. Most of us pretty much know he would do that without he even talking about it. And I mean, I predict, you know, that that would have been a possible opportunity if he did become president. Because you know, I think she's doing insider trading by using the government information in order to ingratiate herself anyway. So she ought to be in prison. But anyway. I just was kind of shocked that he even said it because he's always the one saying, "Oh, I want to keep the you know the ability to be a surprise on him." And so I was thinking, "Well, you just kicked your own ideas away." Now, as I wanted to too, on you were talking earlier about why his mic was mic'd up on that bus. Well, if you're in, you know, I don't know about your little studio setup that you use for this show. But in that television thing, think about it. they got a camera guy that's got to be ready as soon as they get off the bus because they're going to videotape this oh, thing man. all the way into the deal. And so they're doing pre-production checking and stuff, making the audio guys, making sure that the mic's calibration and, and levels and stuff are checked. And he probably real at some point, the audio guy probably mic'd him up, turned it on, said, now we're going to be just – chatting, carrying on, you know, because we're going to use this as an opportunity to do a mic check and, and to calibrate everything, so that way when we get around the corner down here where you're going to get off the bus and meet with them, but we'll be ready to roll. And he just forgot and just started talking with all the other guys. And like um, it was spoken of earlier, there may have been somebody in that uh, crew whether it be a boom operator or a floor director or somebody else that was a part of that crew, the cameraman, who knows, that actually did not like them anyway and was hoping for an opportunity. So they baited the, the questions in order to get the topic open to see where it would go. Who knows? It's all speculative. And like you've heard me say before, my, it, anything I say on this show is just in a, my opinion. But, now, as far as this thing about Mike Lee, I do have a problem with Mike Lee. I understand Donald Trump will put him as one of his picks listed as a Supreme Court justice if he gets to be president. He would consider Mike Lee for a Supreme Court justice pick. Well, if you go to C-SPAN and you look up for July the 14th, 2016, the Republican National Convention Rules Committee, you can forward through it till you see Mike Lee stand up and him and a few other people stand up and try to convince the Rules Committee that it's okay for all the delegates to just vote against whatever the voters voted and go with their, what do, you, what do they call it, go with your own conscience or whatnot mm-hmm. and vote for um, Ted Cruz or whoever. I mean, he he doesn't word it that way, but you can tell he's trying to nullify the voters' right to fair elections or self 
governing, you know. He's wanting to manipulate the strong-arm tactic of the insider Washington group. And I'm, he, he just lost me right then. And I, I like, I think you said the the lady's name is Ann that was on first. And, or whoever it was that said that they, maybe it was Susan that said she liked Mike Lee. Well, up until that point, I liked Mike Lee quite a bit too because he always stood yeah, up on the me. floor of the Senate. He always stood up on the floor of the Senate with Ted Cruz to stand up for we the people more than most anybody well, well, else did. And, well, and I, you, well, yeah, and that's and that's those are times when uh, people's true colors can you know possibly come out because I mean he was probably I don't know was he if he was a Cruz supporter and I know but you know at that time they were trying to get where Donald Trump was not a um, you know what you know was not a. You know, oh gosh, I just had a brain freeze. Thank you. And so, you know, I, I think that might have been, you know, yeah, not the nominee yet. But I think that was part. And I think one of the reasons he may have mentioned, um, I mean, I can't speak to Trump, obviously, may have mentioned him is, you know, Donald Trump has been trying to make amends, uh, which I don't think, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I take Pence. Uh, but make amends with the Republican establishment, but, you know, you, you just can't, you just can't work with them. Uh, but it's, you know, Joe, stay on the line, or John, stay on the line. We got two other callers. I wanted to uh, be able to get uh, through these audio clips because a lot of people have not uh, seen or heard the debate. So I want to be able to get as much of that as I can in the in the show. Uh, we got you know plenty of time, but I, I do I do have some some concerns. Uh, be able to get through all the material. So let's go ahead, and we also got a call. Uh, hopefully, we're supposed to be having a call coming in uh, from Jim Condit, but uh, we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll see. But let's go ahead and because uh, I thought he'd, he would call in, but now actually, but let's go ahead and bring in Cindy, and then we got David on the line. We're going to get through these audio and then bring things around in our roundtable discussion about uh, tonight's topic. Thank you very much, uh, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. Um, hello to everybody. Um, glad to have you all here. Um, I really don't have a lot to say tonight, but I have one. Thing that I think was the most important thing that I got from the debate. And this one subject alone, out of every lie that she told tonight, out of every policy matter that she talked about, um, this was the one thing that completely disqualifies her for being president of the United States. They were asked what kind of Supreme Court justices they would I knew you were going to say that, Cindy. I've got that audio. <laughs> so you got the audio. Good. Because I'm going to let everybody else listen to the same thing I heard. That what <laughs> what she said was she wants a Supreme Court justice that understands, now get this, that understands the way the real world really works. All right. <laughs> She wants somebody who has real-life experience, who's not just been in a business or a law firm or maybe clerked for a judge and then gotten on the bench. Maybe they tried some cases. She was going to be happy if they tried some cases. Um, She wants the Supreme Court to reverse Citizens United. Now, if you'll recall, that was about the McCain-Feingold campaign um, finance reform. Well, if this is true, 
then she sure kept it a secret because she actually voted for McCain-Feingold and was in favor of it. Um, And so um, what she says is she wants her justices to get dark, unaccountable money out of politics. Now, I don't know. Is that a joke or what? Because how (laughs) much darker and how much unaccountable can money be and money that comes from somewhere in the Middle East, um, from Middle Eastern countries who hate us, who are in a war against us, but she takes their money anyway. Talk about dark, unaccountable money. And if she wanted to keep dark, unaccountable money out of politics, she should have voted no on McCain-Feingold, not yes as what she did. She has this tremendous affinity towards accusing other people of the exact things that she is doing, whether it's oh, that's the actual liberal playbook. Mm-hmm, whether it's sexual improprieties, whether it's um, trying to instill fear in someone, whether it's uh, you know going after people personally. I mean, you just think of all the things that she has accused Donald Trump of doing, and she is more than guilty of all those things that she that uh, that she has done than herself. She mm-hmm. stands there and talks to him about how he's lying, that no one has um, hacked her emails. That isn't really the issue. The issue is she allowed her server to be unprotected, unsecure, and had emails coming through there that were highly secret, top secret, okay? You, and then she, she deletes, bleaches her server so that there can't be any evidence of that. And then right. she goes and says, no one has ever found any evidence that I allowed my server to be hacked. Right, that's yeah, the point. Yeah, we can't Good find point. the evidence because I was gonna you make that point. the evidence. Exactly, so, yep. I was going to make that point. Of course there's no, no one found any evidence. You destroyed it. Exactly. So what this woman said now, but, I mean, she said a lot of things. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about a couple more things that she talked about the Supreme Court justice. But the one very important, I wish Christine was on tonight because she she well would, she gave me a she, she sent me an email she she sent me a text she she's decided she's not going to come on here we're not as constitutionally yeah, literate for her to, to grace gets, us with her she presence gets depressed yeah she said she gets depressed she doesn't like uh, she doesn't like hearing people talk about the constitution that don't really know it <laughs> and I have to say I'm I'm no, the, well I'm, but so, I'm sorry but we didn't I'm sorry, but I didn't spend 20 years studying the Constitution like she has, 12 to 20 years studying the Constitution like she has. No, kudos to her. I'm not taking anything away. I mean, I mean, you know, she's very intelligent. I got nothing against her except she don't know when to stop talking. You know, Um, in her defense, in her defense, it does have to be very um, disappointing. It has to be very frustrating to talk to people that are giving their opinions about the Constitution and they don't know it by heart. She knows well, and I get that. I, I get that. And so, I'd like to. Have, I, I, mean, I, I definitely like her ever on the show, but she. I, I don't like her high and mighty soapbox. You know, sometimes. You well, know, it's like okay, this. we get it, but we haven't studied the Constitution as long as she has. 
Well, let me just say this. I think we can all agree with this, that when she says that she wants a Supreme Court justice that will understand the way the world really works, I have to say to her, to H-E-double-L with how the world really works. This is the United States of America, and we have a constitution. And we don't we don't deal with whether Which someone has life. Okay. Are you, are she, then she I'll make, I'll make a comment no, on that in a minute. Yeah, is she saying that no one of our Supreme Court justices, or at least Scalia, somebody that she just really wouldn't like, they don't have real life experience? They didn't get to be 60, 70 years old and have no real life experience. That's right. not what she's talking about. What she's talking about is the rest of the world. She wants our Supreme Court to look out into the rest of the world and use law and tradition and direction from the U.N. and whoever else is out there that wants to contribute to our society. And she wants our Supreme Court justices to take a blind eye. What's the lady, the justice lady with the blind with her with her blindfold on? Will you talk about what Lady Liberty. exactly what she does? No, she no, wants just to be blind, but not in the way that that thing is is meaning justice should be blind. She wants justice to be blind and not see what the rest of the world is trying to do to our civilization and our constitution and our way of life. And that, my dear, alone disqualifies her from being the president because. What we need is exactly what Donald Trump answered. He said, I'm going to be looking for people who will defend the Constitution. That is the right answer. Her answer was the devil's answer. (laughs) Okay? Now, she talked about voters' rights, and she wants the Supreme Court to somehow get involved in voters' voters rights. Oh, yeah, because they want to give them to illegal immigrants. Exactly. She doesn't want minorities to be disfranchised. Possible. She wants yeah, to they make probably want to get by illegal immigrants get minority status. Exactly. She, she said, I want to make it possible for more people to exercise their franchise. Now, right. that, that, that's the political speech. What she actually means by that is, I want to make it possible for un, non-citizens to vote. That's what she really means. You can walk uh, into any election office in the United States. In the United States, you can hand them any of eight to ten different sources of identification and immediately be registered to vote. There is no, there is no disfranchisement at all when it comes to who can register to vote and who cannot. I'll tell you where the disfranchisement is happening. The disfranchisement is happening because all of us out here who are trying to get Trump elected, they are trying to disqualify our votes. Now, how are they going to do that? They're doing that by putting out like what the CNN poll was, totally phony Okay, this is a trash poll. This is some 
this is some poll, and and this is and CNN's giving it Judge their name. Trump, uh, Hillary won the debate. That's correct. Yeah. Well, no, not just that. This is um. This is a a poll that they took that shows Hillary up by eleven points, and the the <laughs> here's the thing about it. Uh, you you expect a CNN poll to be scientific, right? Well, this is how scientific this. 500 people were polled, okay? Not oh, 5,000. Yeah, 500 people. Now, here's the, here is the demographics of the people who were called. Strong Democrats, not very de- strong Democrats, independent lean Democrats, strictly independent, independent lean Republicans, not very strong Republicans, and very few strong Republicans. Okay, now of of the of the of the people who they polled, it was way top heavy to strong Democrats. And and there's all these categories of of Democrats, and and it's like totally manipulated. And and um, I mean, who's gonna who's gonna announce this? Who's gonna show this on their their TV show? Who's gonna break this news? Okay, I'm sorry. I said CNN poll. It's an NBC poll. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Let me make that well, let's probably be CNN. Clinton News Network. Correction by Cindy Todd. Okay. Anyway, um, so. This is a, this is a lie. These are all lies, and they all show what her true agenda is: to destroy the Constitution of the United States of America, and allow anybody to vote, so that she and the Democrat Party can have all the voters that want the government check and want socialism. Okay, you know, don't you, that the the newest guy that's supposed to um, replace Ban Ki Moon in the UN. You know he's a he's a total socialist. So that's what we have to look forward to. Um, mm-hmm. Unless, of course, <laughs> unless you know we could have it even worse. Um, Obama might decide to leave the presidency and go right to the UN. That would be wonderful. Well, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be. He, yeah, he wants to be that. Right. So anyway, she wants to. She wants the Supreme Court to stick with Roe v. Wade. Okay, she wants um she wants gun rights uh taken away. She wants uh certain bans on on lawsuits. Um uh what's the what is the uh, what is that issue? Oh. Uh you know the the lawsuit that we just had that um come up and Oh golly! They wanted to ban anybody um, doing a lawsuit against Saudi Arabia for 9/11. Oh yeah, they they, they wanted to keep the 9/11 families right. being able to sue uh, Saudi Arabia. Right. Well, she's one of those. She's she's one of those people. Doesn't want that information out. You bring that stuff. You bring that inf- You take those people to court, and all kinds of crap's going to come out about 9/11. Even though mm-hmm. it was under Bush's administration, 
guess what's going to come up in that conversation? What Bill Clinton did to cause it in the first place. Okay? And they don't want that the, any longer. The, the role that the CIA possibly could have had in that um, co- the cover-up of that happening. In other words, they allowed it to happen. Knew it would happen and allowed it. We call that a false flag event. Okay? We don't know right now. False flag is the the accusation is just a accusation at this point. But once you take those families to court, all this evidence is going to come out in public, and they do not want that. And it's going to make them have to open up books that they don't want to open up. So anyway, be, uh, so yeah, so I'm going to bring in. Uh, well, you pretty much said the entire audio clip. Uh, that I have, but uh, people wanted me to play it so you can hear it from her own words. But oh, I dude, think, I mean, you pretty much said, you you pretty Don't much pretty said verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> Don't okay, well, what I'll do first, yeah, what I'll do first is I'm going to get uh, David in so we can make some uh, uh, initial comments, and then we will play that audio. Uh, it's not in order. It was one of the last questions uh, asked during the debate, but it's probably one of the most important questions I was asked. Uh, during the bay, as you pointed out, Cindy. So let's go ahead and bring in John. I do see other callers. Just push the one on your number dial uh, when you're ready to get in. Let's go ahead and welcome David. David, thank you for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, doing great. Good evening. Um, I I certainly uh, I could talk for hours, but I would just briefly say that uh, it seems to me that the first debate that uh, Donald Trump was certainly trying to be uh, presidential and deferential respectful, Mr. Nice Guy, et cetera, et cetera, and, uh, really, you know, walked into a situation where everything was stacked against him, and uh, I think he represented himself well enough, and uh, so by the time it was time for the second debate, I believe that Donald Trump basically had had enough of getting advice from his family and his consultants and everybody else telling him to be Mr. Nice Guy. He said, you know what, guys? I did it your way last time, the first debate. This time, Dad is going to do it his way, and I think that's what we saw at that debate. He obliterated Hillary Clinton so badly that I think it has absolutely uh, uh, it, it has absolutely put the fear into the left to the point they have, again, totally overcompensated in their efforts to um, – uh, stuff the ballot box, manipulate the process. Uh, there's been all kinds of, you know, during early voting, uh, I'm sure they're driving people from poll to poll to poll. Um, there's been all kinds of videos come to light where they have people on film literally destroying uh, Bernie Sanders' uh, votes in, in one case. And uh, I posted a um, one of those videos myself on Facebook and noticed a couple hours later it had been blocked or removed officially. So I think the left is oh, really wow. geared. Yeah, they're they're really geared to manipulate and uh, uh, do what they have to do as unethically as they know how to try to rob this election. And all I can say is Trump. I, I liked that one key article I think I read, and uh, it, where it said that that um, Donald Trump has just absolutely just removed the shackles of trying to play by everybody else's rules. He has become the Kraken. 
and is attacking like the Kraken. And even though all these these poles are manufactured and a lot of lily-livered um, Trump supporters are running for the hills, um, I think it was a coup d'etat. The coup d'etat is still taking place um, where, where I think with coordination of the cruise bots and the GOP establishment and the Paul Ryans and, and those of the world who have so much money uh, at stake for their bribes mm-hmm. and their payoffs as a result of TPP and everything else. Um, I think ultimately we're about to see an amazing situation to where Donald Trump I think he's just going to double down on going after America. I just the the only challenge, obviously, is will he get enough airtime, fair time, airtime, um, because yeah. everything in the media is against him. But I am op- optimistic, and I truly believe that there are so many Americans that are so fed up and so ready, as they say, to stick a middle finger to the establishment. I predict and I believe Donald Trump is going to win, even though we will see a cheap fest of epic nuclear proportions. Donald Trump will win, even with everything against him, is what I believe is about to happen. Yes. What, what about what, – here's how we're going to do a uh, quick question. I think Ann wants to uh, chime in. Uh, but what about electronic voter fraud? Are you concerned about that, David? Uh, I think it's uh, absolutely a situation where, um, as we've discussed almost every week, that there is a time when um, it's out of it's out of any good man's hands as far as uh, electronically. If my, my hope is that Donald Trump wins enough states that those that they that they can't control uh, can be compensated for. Um, I am very involved in the ground game of the Trump campaign. Again, I could go for hours and hours and hours naming names and telling you the realities of certain states and certain people, places, et cetera. And uh, there's going to be some states to where if Donald Trump got 99% of the vote, they'll still make sure he loses. And, uh, you know, it just it really comes down to Pennsylvania. It really comes down to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and probably Florida, of course. Uh, but um, it comes down to Pennsylvania, and I believe you're in Ohio. But um, right. if, if we got a shot at Pennsylvania, we win. Uh, Michigan, uh, I think that uh, there's even – Michigan is a state that is not even considered a swing state, but I'm very involved in the ground game effort there. And there is just – there is just no one – who doesn't have an opinion in Michigan, and that being the case, um, it I will not be surprised if Michigan goes to Trump, and if we're even discussing the possibility of Michigan going to Trump, he is way ahead. It's just a question of him being able to um, succeed over the uh, sabotage of the Republican establishment mm-hmm. and the treachery of the Democrat leftist bastards. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, gosh, you know, I can't disagree with not a thing that you said. <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, bring it over. I believe it was just uh, they want to chime in on, on something. And go ahead, and then I'm going to play that audio that you were referring to, Cindy. 
Uh, well, I saw something on Facebook today. I'm wondering what, um, I'm not sure the gentleman who just spoke, what his name is, but uh, I'm wondering if he's seen this or heard heard about it. It's, uh, it's a, um, it says supporters call on Donald Trump to buy TV time and read off WikiLeaks emails. Yes. Have you seen that? That was great. Okay, good. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to check some things out uh, behind the scenes here. But uh, while we uh, listen to that audio that Cindy was referring to, as always, I will have all of the mics open. Uh, and then, uh, so if there's going to be any background noise or anything, mute your mic or your phone, uh, but we will keep you uh, on the show. So let's go ahead and hear uh, that question uh, with answers about the Supreme Court justice. And someone's got some uh, background noise going on, so let's uh, keep that at bay. Here we go. We have another audience question. Beth Miller has a question for both candidates. Um, Good evening. Perhaps the most important aspect of this election is the Supreme Court justice. What would you prioritize as the most important aspect of selecting a Supreme Court justice? We begin with your two minutes, Secretary Clinton. Thank you. Well, you're right. This is one of the most important uh, issues in this election. Um, I want to uh, appoint Supreme Court justices who understand the way the world really works, who have real-life experience, who have not just been in a big law firm and maybe clerked for a judge and then gotten on the bench, but you know, maybe they tried some more cases. They actually understand what people are up against because I think the current court has gone in the wrong direction. And so I would want to see uh, the Supreme Court uh, reverse Citizens United and get dark, unaccountable money out of our politics. Donald doesn't agree with that. I would like the Supreme Court to understand that voting rights are still a big problem in many parts of our country, that we don't always do everything we can to make it possible for people of color and older people and young people to be able to exercise their franchise. I want a Supreme Court that will stick with Roe v. Wade and a woman's right to choose, and I want a Supreme Court that will stick with marriage equality. Now, Donald has put forth the names of some people that he would consider. And among the ones that he has suggested are people who would reverse Roe v. Wade and reverse marriage equality. I think that would be a terrible mistake and would take us backwards. I want a Supreme Court that doesn't always side with corporate interests. I want a Supreme Court that understands because you're wealthy and you can give more money to something doesn't mean you have any more rights or should have any more rights than anybody else. So I have very clear views about what I want to see to to change the balance on the Supreme Court. And I regret deeply that the Senate has not done its job and they have not permitted a vote on the person that President Obama, a highly qualified person, they've not given him a vote to be able to have the full complement of nine Supreme Court justices. I think that was a dereliction of duty. Uh, I hope that they will see their way to doing it, but if I am uh, so fortunate enough as to be president, I will immediately uh, move to make sure that we fill that. We have nine Thank you, Secretary Clinton. work on behalf of our people. Thank you. You're out of time, Mr. Trump. Justice Scalia, great judge, died recently, and we have a vacancy. I am looking to appoint judges very much in the mold of Justice Scalia. 
I'm looking for judges, and I've actually picked 20 of them so that people would see, highly respected, highly thought of, and actually very beautifully reviewed by just about everybody, but people that will respect the Constitution of the United States. And I think that this is so important. Also, the Second Amendment, which is totally under siege by people like Hillary Clinton. They'll respect the Second Amendment and what it stands for, what it represents. Uh, so important to me. Now, Hillary mentioned something about uh, contributions, just so you understand. So I will have in my race more than $100 million put in of my money, meaning I'm not taking all of this big money from all of these different corporations like she's doing. What I ask is this. So I'm putting in more than, by the time it's finished, I'll have more than $100 million invested. Pretty much self-funding mine. We're raising money for the Republican Party, and we're doing tremendously on the small donation, $61 average or so. I asked Hillary, why doesn't she make $250 million by being in office? She used the power of her office to make a lot of money. Why isn't she funding, not for $100 million, but why don't you put 10 or 20 or 25 or $30 million into your own campaign? It's $30 million less for special interest that will tell you exactly what to do. And it would really, I think, be a nice sign to the American public. Why aren't you putting some money in? You have a lot of it. You've made a lot of it because of the fact that you've been in office. You made a lot of it while you were Secretary of State, actually. So why aren't you putting money into your own campaign? I'm just curious. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. We're going to... We're glad we had a plan, uh, plan that, Cindy, uh, because and somebody's shuffling some papers, so I don't know who that is, but if you're shuffling papers, stop. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, well, I'm glad to hear about, you know, him pointing out that, look, you're taking all this money from these guys, and you know, he'll, we'll hear more about that uh, in another audio clip. And so let's go ahead and go there. I think what we'll do is we'll skip the uh, Obamacare, which would have been in the next, uh, you know, the next clip, because, you know, we both know where both of them stand uh, on Obamacare. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, get to this audio. And then what we'll do is we will uh, go around the round table uh, according to the position where you called in. So the first people that called in will be the folks who uh, will be coming into the round table discussion on the next clip first. But we do have Kelly on the line. Kelly, when you're ready to, to come in, uh, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, you as well, Gene, if you'd like to get in. And uh, hopefully we'll still hear from, from Jim. <laughs> he had some information, some very important information that he was going to share with us tonight. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to be able to get his call. I know he's working on a lot of things for watching the vote. Maybe uh, Kelly can give us a little bit more about that as well as another update Kelly's going to give us tonight. But let's go ahead and uh, listen to the next audio. Then we'll do our roundtable discussion. We will get you in, Kelly. Uh, so what we'll do is, uh, since I did see Kelly wanted to get in, and he does give an important report for us, uh, what we'll do is we'll play the audio, get his report, and then make the commentary, uh, starting with Anne, and then moving our way uh, down the line. You want me to? There are 3.3 million Muslims in the United States, and I'm one of them. You've mentioned working with Muslim nations, but with Islamophobia on the rise, how will you help people like me deal with the consequences of being labeled as a threat to the country after the election is over. Mr. Trump, you're first. Well, you're right about Islamophobia, and that's a shame. But one thing we have to do is we have to make sure that 
because there is a problem. I mean, whether we like it or not, and we could be very politically correct, but whether we like it or not, there is a problem. And we have to be sure that Muslims come in and report when they see something going on. When they see hatred going on, they have to report it. As an example, in San Bernardino, many people saw the bombs all over the apartment of the two people that killed 14 and wounded many, many people. Horribly wounded. They'll never be the same. Muslims have to report the problems when they see them. And, you know, there's, a, there's always a reason for everything. If they don't do that, it's a very difficult situation for our country. Because you look at Orlando, and you look at San Bernardino, and you look at the World Trade Center, go outside, you look at Paris, look at that horrible, these are radical Islamic terrorists. And she won't even mention the word, and nor will President Obama. He won't use the term radical Islamic terrorism. Now, to solve a problem, you have to be able to state what the problem is, or at least say the name. She won't say the name, and President Obama won't say the name. But the name is there. It's radical Islamic terror. And before you solve it, you have to say the name. Secretary Clinton. Well, thank you for asking your question. And I've heard this question from a lot of Muslim Americans across our country. Because, unfortunately, there's been a lot of very divisive, dark things said about Muslims. And even someone like Captain Khan, the young man who sacrificed himself defending our country in the United States Army, has been subject to attack by Donald. I want to say just a couple of things. First, we've had Muslims in America since George Washington. And we've had many successful Muslims. We just lost a particularly well-known one with Muhammad Ali. My vision of America is an America where Everyone has a place. If you're willing to work hard, you do your part, you contribute to the community, that's what America is. That's what we want America to be for our children and our grandchildren. It's also very short-sighted and even dangerous to be engaging in the kind of demagogic rhetoric that Donald has about Muslims. We need American Muslims to be part of our eyes and ears on our front lines. I've worked with a lot of different Muslim groups around America. I've met with a lot of them, and I've heard how important it is for them to feel that they are wanted and included and part of our country, part of our homeland security, and that's what I want to see. It's also important, I intend to defeat ISIS, to do so in a coalition with majority Muslim nations. Right now, a lot of those nations are hearing what Donald says and wondering, why should we cooperate with the Americans? And this is a gift to ISIS and the terrorists, violent jihadist terrorists. We are not at war with Islam. And it is a mistake, and it plays into the hands of the terrorists to act as though we are. So I want a country where citizens like you and your family are just as welcome as anyone else. Thank you, Secretary Clinton. Mr. Trump, in December, you said this. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. We have no choice. We have no choice. Your running mate said this week that the Muslim ban is no longer your position. Is that correct? And if it is, was it a mistake to have a religious test? 
First of all, Captain Khan is an American hero. And if I were president at that time, he would be alive today. Because unlike her, who voted for the war without knowing what she was doing, I would not have had our people in Iraq. Iraq was a disaster. So he would have been alive today. The Muslim ban is something that in some form has morphed into a extreme vetting from certain areas of the world. Hillary Clinton wants to allow and, and why did it morph into that? No, did you? No, answer the question. Why do you, you still believe? Her? You I do. Me all the time. Why don't you Would interrupt you please her? Please explain whether or not the Muslim ban still stands. It's called extreme vetting. We are going to areas like Syria where they're coming in by the tens of thousands because of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton wants to allow a 550% increase over Obama. People are coming into our country like we have no idea who they are, where they are from, what their feelings about our country is, and she wants 550% more. This is going to be the great Trojan horse of all time. We have enough problems in this country. I believe in building safe zones. I believe in having other people pay for them. As an example, the Gulf states who are not carrying their weight, but they have nothing but money, and take care of people. But I don't want to have, with all the problems this country has and all of the problems that you see going on, hundreds of thousands of people coming in from Syria where we know nothing about them. We know nothing about their values, and we know nothing about their love for our country. And Secretary Clinton, let me ask you about that, because you have asked for an increase from 10 to 65,000 Syrian refugees. We know you want tougher vetting. That's not a perfect system. So why take the risk of having those refugees come into the country? Well, first of all, I will not let anyone into our country that I think poses a risk to us. But there are a lot of refugees women and children. Think of that picture we all saw of that four-year-old boy with the blood on his forehead because he'd been bombed by the Russian and Syrian air forces. There are children suffering in this catastrophic war, largely, I believe, because of Russian aggression. And we need to do our part. We, by no means, are carrying anywhere near the load that Europe and others are. But we will have vetting that is as tough as it needs to be from our professionals, our intelligence uh, experts, and others. But it is important for us as a uh, policy you know, not to say, as Donald has said, we're going to ban people based on a religion. How do you do that? We are a country founded on religious freedom and liberty. How do we do what he has advocated without causing great distress within our own country. Are we going to have religious tests when people fly into our country? And how do we expect to be able to implement those? So I thought that what he said was extremely unwise and even dangerous. And indeed, you can look at the propaganda on a lot of the terrorist sites and what Donald Trump says about Muslims is used to recruit fighters because they want to create a war between us. And the final thing I would say, this is the 
10th or 12th time that he's denied being for the war in Iraq. We have it on tape. The entire press corps has looked at it. It's been debunked, but it never stops him from saying whatever he wants to say. Has not been debunked. So please. Has not been debunked. And you can see it. I was against the war in Iraq. Has not been debunked. And you voted for it, and you shouldn't have. Well, I just want to say. There's been lots of fact-checking on that. I'd like to move on to an online question. She just went about 25 seconds over her time. Could I just respond to this, please? Very quickly, please. Hillary Clinton, in terms of having people come into our country, we have many criminal illegal aliens. When we want to send them back to their country, their country says, we don't want them. In some cases, they're murderers, drug lords, drug problems. And they don't want them. And Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, said, that's okay, we can't force it into their country. Let me tell you, I'm going to force them right back into their country. They're murderers and some very bad people. And I will tell you uh, very strongly, when Bernie Sanders said she had bad judgment, she has really bad judgment because we are letting people into this country that are going to cause problems and crime like you've never seen. We're also letting drugs pour through our southern border at a record clip, at a record clip. And... It shouldn't be allowed to happen. ICE just endorsed me. They've never endorsed a presidential candidate. The Border Patrol agents, 16,500, just recently endorsed me. And they endorsed me because I understand the border. She doesn't. She wants amnesty for everybody. Come right in. Come right over. It's a horrible thing she's doing. She's got bad judgment, and honestly, so bad that she should never be president of the United States. That thank, I can tell Thank you, Mr. Trump. I want to move on. This next question. Okay. Well, I know that was a long clip. It was a lot to get out, but uh, I think it was a very important uh, clip uh, to play. We've uh, still got about half the show left, and so we you know, got, uh, got through almost half the, uh, the audio, so we're, we're making okay time. Uh, but one of the things I want to point out uh, to the folks is that two things, really, is, you know, one thing Trump said I think is very important, and I don't think we are seeing that, is Muslims actually reporting. I mean, you know, they knew that that, that person had all the bombs. I think it's mentioned with San Bernardino, had all those bombs, and, you know, they, they, they said nothing. I mean, they, they keep saying, oh, we got to work with the Muslims. Oh, we got to work with the Muslims. Anyone here on the panel, on our roundtable, uh, has anyone heard of any that have given up anybody? I mean, I, I haven't. I, maybe I just haven't heard it. But has anyone here heard where, you know, they've given information? That, you know, Hillary and her ilk keep saying that we got to work together with them, but when have we had a example of that happening? And then second, uh, you notice when she says Russia, she kind of emphasizes it because they're, real, you know, they're really trying to, you know, we're really trying to link Russia and then Donald Trump. I'm sure you've seen that. And and go ahead. I, I, it sounds like you have something uh, real quick to to say, Cindy. And then I want to bring Kelly in. And then I want to get the the uh, you know everyone else's take on on that audio, Cindy. Um. Real quick, I want to get Kelly well, and then go move okay. around the table. She, all right. Well, here's what I t- took from that. She. She says, people have said divisive and dark things about Muslims. Well, maybe that's because it's a very divisive and dark religion. You know, the Muslims even divide themselves up and have violent conflicts within themselves. What do you think Syria is going on? What, what's going on in Syria right now? That's, that's Muslim against Muslim right there. Okay? Right. We're and def- she says, yeah, we're definitely going to. 
she says it plays into the hands of the Muslims when we say we're at war with Islam. But first of all, they're the ones that have declared war on us. They're the ones that said we're they're going to bury us and Israel too. And, and second of all, it plays into their hands when we don't say that we're at war. If they can convince and keep our U.S. citizens from really discovering their agenda, which is world conquest, we all know that, then they can silently, secretly move into our neighborhood, slowly take over the political system, and just like the communists are trying to do, just completely take over. It wouldn't take much at all. And 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 meanwhile, all the people are sleeping because everybody refuses to talk about the fact that we're at war with Islam. So everything yeah, she says, yeah. everything she says, is exactly the opposite of what is reality. It's it's amazing. You know, I I keep thinking to myself, these people are communists. They do not want the Muslims to come in and take over the world. What, at what point are they going to stop these people? Are they going to wait until some huge catastrophe happens and then they're going to jump in and nuke the whole Middle East over there and hope they get Israel in the process? I mean, what is their what is their agenda here? Why are they allowing all this Muslim love fest and allowing all the Muslims to, to just willy-nilly be out there in the world, everywhere in the world, creating havoc and and bombing here and bombing there and suicide bombers here and suicide bombers there. Where where did they think that's all going to end? Where what what is their agenda in allowing that to continue to happen? The only thing I can and, think and I of is that they want they want to use it to break down our society to. Um, get chaos happening in the world so that they can then come in with every bit of military firepower they've got and just start wiping people out and take control. And, and, yeah, and, and, and I, I think we're at the, and was, you know, we're going to bring Kelly in. Uh, you know, I think that you're right. I think they're going to use this, and I do want to hear everyone else's comments on what Cindy said and uh, the audio we listened to because, you know, I, I think you're, we're definitely going somewhere with that. And I, and I think you're right. I think they're using them to uh, destroy us. And then once they take care of us, then they'll destroy them. And when they want to instill their communism, but let, and we will discuss that more within our roundtable uh, for that audio clip. And then of course we got others. But let's go ahead and get Kelly in with his report and his uh, take on uh, the audio he's heard. And then we'll bring it over to you, uh, Anne. And then we'll bring it uh, down the line. Go ahead, Kelly. Thanks for calling to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I just wanted to hit mute there. I've got so many things to comment on regarding the debates, which I didn't watch because I was at an election integrity conference. We'll get to that later. So um, Hillary was asked, what do you think about Citizens United? Did you notice she completely blew off the question? Did you notice that? Because she, she's the one – she was all into that um, – um, I missed that to be honest, Kelly. Yeah, she's she's got to have. She, she's she voted for McCain-Feingold and all that campaign reform crap that that allowed all that lawsuit to happen in the first place. Yeah, she, well, yeah, she has to yeah. squash that. Yeah, well, she had to squash that, and then she goes, "I believe in everybody's right to vote, even Mexicans." 
not, she didn't really say that, but, you know, oh, I believe it, you know, she's like, well, I'm for everybody, including the corporations. Oh. Okay, let me tell you about, we call them the left, but I'm not so sure of the left anymore, because we have so many things in common. Um, again, I was, I, was just, I was surrounded by Bernie people, and uh, leftists, even a few people just said, yeah, I'm a socialist, but they, they can't stand Hillary. They cannot stand her. Some are coming out saying they're seriously considering about. Yeah, how can you go as Trump. well as the polls? I don't see it. It's got to be rigged polls. Sorry, Kelly. Well, I mean, I, I know these people, okay? They are very upset with Citizens United, and they are not stupid, the people on the left. And when they, they catch what I caught that first time hearing that clip, that she blew off the question about Citizens United, they are only going to be more furious. And I'm saying it in a way because I I spent the whole weekend with it, you know, drinking wine. Who knows how late after midnight and just having fun and because it's all about election integrity. It isn't about politics. Um, so I was like, whoa, she blew that off. Um, and now I'm starting to understand. I say it, but I think I'm Yeah, how they say they're even socialists. Um, they just they can't vote for their – so they're going to they're going to Stein. They're going to uh, write in Bernie Sanders. They're going to some. You know, they're asking me about Gary Johnson and all this stuff. It's like, wow, a vote for. A, well, I don't want to reveal their specific strategy, but I, I think it might actually be a good thing in in the write in uh, for Bernie Sanders. I actually advise them well, if you're going to do that, you got to do this and that. I mean, I like these people. Well, it doesn't mean I'm a socialist, but. I certainly like these people just because they're we have so much in common. But yeah, Jill Stein, Gary Johnson. Uh, if you absolutely hate, let's start start back. Take a step back here. If you absolutely hate Hillary Clinton, you have four options. Practically, uh, oh, actually five. You got uh, Bofer Donald. You got. Jill Stein, you got Gary Johnson, you got the right in Bernie Sanders, and then the last one is don't vote for anybody. I mean, we saw this in fall with Mitt Romney. Hello, yeah, you disenfranchised Ron Paul people and the Gingrich people. So that's a real mm-hmm. interesting thing. And so they will catch that she didn't really even come anywhere near Citizens United. They will catch that in, in, in a microsecond faster than I caught it. So we go over to Trump. This is my own opinion about, uh, he said, Justice Scalia has recently died. I want his style and federal ju- uh, justices. I, like, I am a big fan of Scalia. And by the way, uh, William O. Douglas was a, uh, a liberal judge in the 60s and 70s, somewhere in there. I really like him, too, because justice is higher than party politics. Anyway, so I was, like, stunned with Trump and how he had his forward-thinking, classic, beautiful of, I've already looked at, did he say 300 judges? 20. Well, he had, he had no. named 20. He named 20, but he had a higher number than that, I think, because it's not that he looked at. I'd like to hear on how many, because you have you have the lower courts as well. The lower courts, there are many uh, federal districts. There's like 89 federal and circuits. I think there's nine, nine or ten. Anyway, um, he's already getting to work. A little subtle, 
subtlety there, but he's already planning. He's he's already getting to work. So I find that interesting. And a buddy told me that that he said to Hillary point blank, "If I get elected, you will be indicted," and the crowd went crazy happy. Yeah, they did. They were they were pretty excited about that. And yeah, I never thought that, of course, was going to happen. I'm thinking but, Hillary's tummy. I'm thinking Hillary's tummy did a little flip flop there when all those people started clapping and hooraying. Well, yeah. The, well, the um, notice how he did that. He said the attorney general I appoint will have uh, will call for special prosecution. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Do you know why? Why? Because if he appoints an attorney general and the attorney general um, prosecutes um, Hillary Clinton, he's going to get a slam dunk indictment against her. Judge Sol Watchler of the New York State Supreme Court said, well, any seasoned prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. It's a famous quote from the New York, <laughs> a New York paper. I remember hearing that, yeah. In the 80s, yeah. And uh, so that's why he would have, he, he has arm's length out to an attorney general. That attorney general has another arm's length out, so Trump can't pull the strings. In other words, by having the attorney general appoint special prosecution, what it means is that it's a less it's a it's it's an unbiased the first level attorney well anyway, it's less biased because he's gonna get he is gonna get crucified when Hillary gets indicted. And so two levels out in the appointment of special counsel. That's brilliant. So somebody has been advising him very well. By the way, I sent him my book years ago. I prayed mm-hmm. about it. I don't know why, but I sent him my book. Anyway, but we don't even have to worry about well, I, I don't want to go into more details here. But that was a brilliant statement. If, if I'm elected president, she will be indicted. So t- tell me, i, I got to hear again, what was the crowd's response, Robert, when he said that? <laughs> that was the crowd's response. Uh, but anyway, and gosh, Anne, I really hate to do this to you. We are going to get everyone back on. We are going to get everybody to that audio. But we do have a, re, uh, a report uh, that I've got to get in, and that is uh, we're talking about them. I actually got to get the link here on Blog Talk Radio for that because everyone listening, listen up carefully to the next person we've got on the line, and that's, I believe, Jim Conner Jr., who's calling in uh, about uh, some voting issues and share this out with everybody uh, that you know. So let's go ahead and bring him into the show. Thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, Robert. Sorry I couldn't be with you longer, but I'll tell you what we're preparing for here. Everybody's watching TV, I'm sure, where they see that the media, all five networks in the news section, is saying Hillary's gaining. I mean, since the debate, Trump is dropping. Hillary's gaining. They just had another report on tonight. Utah Mormons don't like Trump, so they're going to vote for Hillary. They're going to vote for somebody who's for abortion up to the 10th month and over, you know, so they're acting like the only guy (laughs) under scrutiny is Trump. Uh, that so all this is totally, totally fiction from the uh, national news media. Okay, now what Donald Trump is going to be here tomorrow 
in Cincinnati, and I think, Robert, you and I and others I know are planning to go to it. Uh, we have a postcard yeah, we made. We we have a postcard we made specially for him. It's full color. Nikki Nelson made it for me. I kind of gave her the input, and we made it together. It's full color. And a 77-year-old lady who will be in a wheelchair, although she doesn't have to be. It's just easier at these kind of events. She's in the VIP section, and she is going, or somebody with her is going to get this into his hands. I'm sure they'll be able to because he shakes hands with – he meets the VIP people at a special room before the event. You know, These are people who have given – I think her son's given a ton of money to the campaign. So I, it's very short. I'll read it to you. It says, Mr. Trump, dash, please see two-minute video, 40 seconds to victory for Trump at the top of open letter to Donald Trump dot com. It's a two minute and thirty second video. And then it changes to red on white and we got a a, a a picture of the HBO Hacking Democracy DVD. And it says then hold up the HBO DVD Hacking Democracy in public at every rally. Don't let them computer steal the presidency from you exclamation point. And then the bottom of this kind of a half of an eight and a half by eleven cardboard postcard full color says these are the election night gatekeepers and it gives the logos of um you know uh, ESNS Hart and Dominion the three companies that count 95% of our vote on secret programs hired by the counties unfortunately national election pool which does the exit polls the official exit polls or supervise them and and relays the results to the five networks and they're owned by the five networks and AP and then the the logo of um uh, the, the five TV networks and AP wire, and then the logos of the Republican and National Democratic Commi- and Republican and Democratic National Committee. They're the ones who told the 3,000 counties to hire those three companies. So the election's really in the hands of those three companies. Our position is that if Trump will start saying in every uh, uh, r- rally, instead of just saying they're going to, we're afraid they're going to rig the election against us. If he will start saying computer rig the election against us, and especially if he will point them to election night gatekeepers, which uh, we also suggest in the two minutes, I don't know if he'll do that, then it would give everybody an idea of how these five TV networks, the election divi- the uh, election and news division, has protected the American people by censorship from knowing what happens on election night. Because I don't think one out of 100 people have heard of, of Hart or Dominion or ES&S because they've never mm-hmm. told them. But even if people don't believe there's a open conspiracy afoot like I do, it still is an unholy concentration of power to have only three companies counting the vote on election night on private software that the boards of election all over the country sign a contract that they're not allowed to see. And Kelly, even, who you just were listening to, he did some fantastic research in Siskiyou County in California and found out that part of their contract, the part that's with the SNS, is confidential to the public, <laughs> which is like we're in the Soviet, the old Soviet Union. Uh, mm-hmm. Although Jim, Doug, Jim, 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 did I tell yeah. you? Okay, so I talked to Beth Harris on Thursday. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, she's she um, is spending six, uh, six plus six hours a day talking to media. The media wow. is getting on this. And anyway, in the um, when I told her about that, that hey, I want the uh, you know, it's a California records request. They have to comply within ten days. I wanted the contract with the in and ESS and any other software vendors, et cetera. Well, I walk in. I got a good relationship with our election clerk, and I, I, she explained it to me, you know. And uh, so I yeah, Dominion. Yeah, that Dominion electronically counts the vote. ESNS 
works is the voter registration. That's the problem. People get exhausted voter registrations. By law, you can't count a vote if it's if it's uh, if the person's not registered. I mean, it's kind of a duh. But so yeah, I'll, I'll get you the Dominion contract. And uh, okay, how about the ESNS? And she says it's proprietary. Yeah. So I called Ben Ferris and told her that. Yes. Dominion and what ESNS proprietary. Bev, Bev, um, Bev Harris said her comment was the reason why the ESNS contract is proprietary is because on election day ESNS can get into the uh, registration database, right, and, and fix things. Yeah, fix fix things. Right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh my, thing is away from me. yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So they they have figured this out, you know. In a conference call, you remember that one lady? She said there was an ESS employee in the ROV or registered voters office. And, and Siskiyou is that a big county? I can't remember. Is that a big one or a small <laughs> it's, one? It's it's big in land, but small in population. So there's okay, not so, much election fraud, but so if ESNS has a person there. You can bet your life they have one in every major city. And remember, no, no, Christopher. No, they're not. They're not in. They didn't have a staff. They did not have ESNS staff in Siskiyou County. We're too small. But in the bigger counties, from our conference call, um, there there was ESNS employees in the ROV the day of the election. It's like what? And even before that, yeah. it's like what the hell is going on here? Well, I mean, what's what's going on is that it, you know, as you probably can surmise, uh, is that these, especially the big cities, are giving uh, either, um, uh, well, ESNS of course is in the computer; they have the software, but they're also giving access to what's happening in the computer to National Election Poll, which used to be Voter News Service, owned by the five networks and some of the five networks. There's a report on our site. Uh, open letter to DonaldTrump.com, I think, but it's definitely on election night gatekeepers under more info by Christopher Boleyn, the great international investigative reporter. And he reports how in Chicago in 2004, both, I think it was AP and Fox, both had gals sitting there reading books and their computers were hooked up directly to the mainframe during the count and putting and, put, and sending it back to New York to Fox and AP. So, this is all a, you know, obviously, if the public started thinking about this, even if there was no coordinated, you know, effort to defraud the elections, it's still an unholy concentration of power to have so few companies, uh, you know, basically counting the vote for 3,000 of our 3,100 counties, basically. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if we should go into this segment about the election integrity conference I was at this weekend. Maybe we'll let some other people comment. Well, listen, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you uh, do that. If, if I know Robert said he had to get somebody else in. I, Robert, I'm still in the midst of working out to get this done tomorrow. I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to see him on the on the signing line. But the uh, the arena holds 25,000 people, so I'm not too sure. I it would be a grace of God if we get if I get in, but I do believe the other lady will get in and, and hand it to him. And if he looks at it and starts mentioning computer rigging, then they might be afraid. If half the country thinks the election is going to be rigged, they might be afraid 
to do it. But remember, none of us know how they're getting these polls. These are black box polls that the media is announcing. We don't know how they're getting them. We do know that Trump won 10 out of 10 of the online polls. And contrary to the what the media wants you to think, it is hard to vote twice in those most of those polls. I mean, you, you got to go to another IP address. So if people that know how to change their IP address, they could do it, or they run next door to their neighbors. But very few people are going to do that, and the Hillary people are just as likely to do it as Trump. In the NBC poll, the other night after this debate, Trump won 94% to 6% in the NBC poll. Uh, at least that was the case at about midnight and the night after the poll. So this is the real feeling of the public. The public is sick of the Bushes and Clintons. They're sick of politicians. All of Trump's warts and faults, they're willing to give a try of something new. And I'm not saying that's that's the most intellectual position, but that's the reality out there. And uh, the, the the five networks, though, they know they can fool the public by all five of them. People think they're competing. They're not in the election division. Uh, they come out and keep saying, oh, Hillary's winning. Then exit polls will say that, and then the computer count will say that, and they can get away with it uh, if, unless we make it so bad that they're afraid they're going to be exposed forever if they try to install Hillary. So, okay, Robert, I'm going to let you go. Jim, yeah. Jim, hold on. Hold on. Uh, I've noticed this. You know, we've been at this together for four years. Yeah. I noticed this this election, particularly from California when they called the vote, and then a few days later, our Secretary of State confessed that 2 million votes hadn't been counted. What? Here's my question. I mean, I guess I'll say it, and then I'll ask you the question. Here's my observation. If they're going to commit election fraud, they have to prepare the people's minds to accept the result. Right. Do you believe this is happening? Oh, no question about it. And I have no doubt that Bernie Sanders won California. I have no doubt whatsoever, and neither do most of the other people. Now, can we prove it? No, because the vote was all secret, which is the problem. You know, we we got to get away from these secret counts and back to, uh, you know, something that is verifiable at the precinct before the ballots leave the precinct. So, so anyway, the point is, I believe that thoroughly, and it is a the, the media. What's happening is the Board of Elections officials stand aside both for ES&S and Heart and Dominion. You know, they sign the contract, we won't look at your software. And they stand aside for the media. I would love to see a Secretary of State or a county uh, election official come out and say, this projection by the media is premature. We still have 2 million votes to count in California, which was enough to change the election, needless to say. I mean, had things gone heavily, I mean, I believe Bernie won all the way around. I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, they're doing it. it. The media is a the great in my opinion and you're some people on the car are going to say now he went too far they, they probably thought i went too far with my first paragraph the greatest enemies of mankind are running the election division and the news division of the five tv networks and related big media they're the ones that are protecting all the bad guys to keep doing what they're doing including all of the millions of people that have been killed in the middle east in the last uh, 25 years due to um, our blockade and bombing, and people don't even know what happened, that we blockaded uh, Iraq from 1991 to 2003, and 500,000 children died because of lack of medicine and lack of food. Uh, that was admitted by Madeleine Albright on uh, on 60 Minutes to Leslie Stahl in 1997, 
And that is Debbie Lesignan of the Sane Progressive has two recent videos on Syria. And on one of those, she shows that video. I don't know where they found it because it seemed to have disappeared. So anyway, the point is the big TV networks, again, in my opinion, the five networks working together on news every day, what they suppress, what they report, are the greatest enemies of mankind. We need them indicted for treason and put on trial and jailed. So on that happy note, Robert, I, I got I got to run because I, I got I got commitments coming out of my ears here. We'll see you next week, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be there. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to talk either before or afterwards, and we'll go from Excellent. there. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Robert. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. You're you. welcome. Have a good night, Jim. And definitely, folks. I'm. Uh, if you go to the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, page uh, there on Facebook. I, I'm posting the or I've posted the link uh, to the open letter to DonaldTrump.com. Please go there. Go there now, whether you're listening live or whether you're listening uh, to the archive here, the free podcast that you can find on uh, iTunes that you can download to your mobile devices and, sh- and share that information with your friends. Post it on Facebook. Post it on Twitter. Go to LinkedIn. Post it everywhere. This is the way that Hillary Clinton and her ilk is going to try to take the election from Donald Trump. You've seen the crowds. You know, you've seen her crowds. You know that Donald Trump has more supporters in this country than Hillary Clinton does, but yet they're going to try to convince us at the polls that Hillary Clinton is coming up. She's she's winning. Donald Trump has no chance of winning. That's what they're going to try to convince you, so that when they do rig these uh, electronic uh, electronic votes, then you're not going to be surprised. Like, well, you know, the, the poll said that he was going to, that Hillary Clinton was going to win. Uh, well, not no surprise. Well, it's not as it should be. And so, definitely share this out on all your social media, all your friends. Email it. Make it go viral. Send it out. Send it over to the the website uh, and and get this out because we only have we got less than a month, less than a month, three weeks. Do you believe that it's almost over? And when I say it's almost over. As Hillary Clinton gets elected, it's over. And so, you know, Sean Hattie has said this probably the past three elections in a row, if not four, that this is the most important election of our lifetime. And I used to scoff at him, like, okay, you know, you said that two elections ago. He very well may be right. I, I truly, I mean, here, we all know here on the show that I've got no qualms of voting third party candidates for the presidency. I will not do it this, this I will not do it this year. I just I support third parties. I support a multi-party system in the United States. But this year, I will not vote for, nor will I support, nor will I advocate uh, third parties this year because it would be such a detriment for the United States. I truly feel that, especially for the Constitution, especially since this person's going to be putting in so many justices, especially since we've heard you know the same topics every year for the past 40 years you know, about what to do. I think we could finally get past that, make America great again, increase our space program, uh, which is definitely a a passion of mine, and I'm going to be talking more about that after the election, and also third parties and multi-party system uh, after the election coming. Uh, But definitely get that out. Do it now. Do it while you're listening to the show. Uh, Put it on Facebook, all your pages that you're on, your your, your, your timeline, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, if you're listening live now, do it. If you're late, I mean, it's late at night, but then do it again tomorrow. Get get those late those people who are up late tonight. Get them. Get their attention. Get those people tomorrow 
uh, throughout the day. You can easily find the link at the you know, Bard's Logic page on Facebook. Um, just get that out there. It's very important. Unfortunately, not a lot of people are talking about this, and we need everybody talking about this because uh, this yeah. is definitely something that's important. So hey, let's uh, go ahead. Hold on, Robert. I want to talk about Jim while we just had him on the phone. Real quick, um, I will. Just... I will. Real quick, i got to make a programming note. Just got to do one quick programming note. Uh, it is five minutes to the top of the hour, actually four minutes. If you have to charge your phone while you're on the line, charge it now. Or if you drop your, your call and then after the next four minutes, unfortunately, you will not be able to get back to the show. So make sure that now we will be going through our extended period. Uh, which you still be able to you know talk in as long as you're on the line. But if you drop the call, you will not be able to participate. We've got a lot of great things coming in the next hour uh, to talk about. We may or may not get through our clips, but you know what? We've got a great group on here tonight, and definitely don't want to lose any of you uh, after that happens. So make sure that your your phones are fully charged. You don't drop the call. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, about Jim. Um, what he didn't tell you is the battles he's been facing. He kind of hinted about it. Um, regarding the lawsuit so that he can get on the radio stations. According to Jim, um, if you run as a candidate, state, uh, federal law requires that they put you on the air no matter what's your political position. Well, of course, you got to pay the money. And he's stated the law is so severe that if they don't let you on, you own the radio station. That's that right of free speech thing again, First Amendment. So he had um, everything set up, and he was working on another candidate, and they had that set up. And basically, um, the radio station denied them. So they were working furiously, and all of a sudden, uh, the radio station is going to let them back on again. Why would they fight so hard? Cincinnati. Well, it's in Ohio. What's Ohio? A swing state. Swing state. Very important for this presidential and election. And the station he's trying to get on is supposedly a conservative station, too, which... Go ahead, Kelly. Oligarchy has got their puppet strings into both parties. Why do you think I'm a libertarian? All right. Anyway, so he has prevailed, and the other candidate has, too, with the help of some attorneys. And he... Um, yeah, so it's this fight is insane. They do not want this guy on who's been at this since 1979 because this <clears throat> could alert them to, oh, my gosh, Hillary's cheating like you won't believe. <clears throat> that's what that's going to be in conclusion. And, of course, everybody, people, either a third party not vote or Donald Trump. So it's it's this is such a war. You know, I'm being an activist coming from 30 years of this. You see these inside fights that I don't have time to tell people. and and But I, I catch their significance immediately. Um, so Jim is like, he is a warrior, and I have so much respect for him. You know, we have our little squabbles in our board meetings and watch the vote, but, you know, that's all right. But he he's the opposite of what politicians, present politicians are. He's the opposite. He's not running to win in Congress. He's running to get on the radio about election fraud. Other politicians don't care about election fraud. They want to win. When you talk about integrity, you talk about a warrior and a fighter. That's Jim. So my many respects, 
hopefully he's still listening. But anyway, I, I'm, what I'm saying is there are these battles going on, not just in Cincinnati, but all over the country, so we can get an honest election. And we are about to root, lose our representative government, our uh, you know representative republic. So this is absolutely stunning. Um, so I, you know, just a little bit of support there of what Jim says. I'm glad he comes on every now and then. I guess I'm going to have to yield the phone for others. Well, we definitely appreciate it, Kelly, and definitely, you know, definitely more uh, more work to do. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to our roundtable discussion on our uh, debate tonight. And, and is, uh, is, you know, that debate, and, and I say it was a victory for Trump, uh, you know, even though the polls are in some place saying he'd lost the debate, is, is, is it enough? to defeat Hillary Clinton. Uh, and it looks like, unfortunately, it is not. But we want to, uh, you know, put that information out, as we just had Jim did, and so definitely share that information today, tomorrow, uh, and every day if you, you know, can, as much as you can, until the election day. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's very important because they are, they are setting us up. I mean, I, I, mean, we're, I mean, Trump came off his, his you know, on the debate, I mean, Trump came off his biggest victory there, uh, handed her lunch, and then after the debate, they're like, oh, well, you know, he's losing. Because of those comments that he did 11 years ago, it, it just doesn't make logical sense. But let's go ahead and bring it to our roundtable. And the first person on that uh, we turn to is you, Ann. Okay. What um, – I, I was just having a thought about your – about this part of your – show and wondering if you might be able to um like take a clip or do you are you able to edit you know what I mean edit your show and and get clips out of it so that or you can maybe find at what part of the show that he started talking about that whole that segment yeah I actually wrote it down we started uh one the one hour and thirty nine minutes, I believe, is when he started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our one, we you know, into the show one hour thirty nine minutes yeah, is where now whether I can make you know just, just a you know the clip I, that's something I've been wanting to do but have not been uh, been able to do uh, thus far. Uh, but yeah, I did write it down because actually that's that's part of when I you know when I do send out the the show. I am going to tell, you know, folks, you know, you, if you don't listen to any other part of the show, of course, we want to listen to uh, the show in its entirety. But if they only listen to one part of the show, that's the part, you know, I, I want them to make sure they listen to. Because mm-hmm. while, you know, of course, our, you know, our commentary, what the grassroots, you know, thinks about what's going on here is important, of course, uh, that's something that really needs to get, you know, disseminated out to the people. So that's our, one, you know, one hour, 39 minutes into the show. Yeah, definitely. That would be good. Thank you very much. And uh, our friend Ann here, she did a lot of work for the Gingrich campaign uh, back in 2012. And so it's definitely uh, awesome to have her back on uh, back on the show and hear from you, Ann. It's uh, it's always a pleasure, and I appreciate uh, you getting uh, that out. Is there any other anything else? Uh, with either what Jim said or, you know, our, our latest. We may even forgot about that last audio clip uh, that we played. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything. Well, that was about, the, you know, 
yeah, it's about, you know, we should talk about, you know, Russia, you know, uh, Muslims, you know, how can they bring, you know, Muslim you know, communities, things of that nature. Um, but, you know, we, we can, we yeah. put so much time to move on to the next one, but. Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing that, I mean, I do have major concerns about um, just, you know, the increase of terrorism and attacks here in, in the United States and things like that. Obviously, um, anybody that has a family and children, um, it's it's a concern for their future, and, and we definitely need somebody that, you know, is going to be strong, um, strong with, you know, with that issue, and, and obviously, you know, Hillary is, is not it. <laughs> no, certainly not. As, as Trump pointed out, she had 30 years to do it. So, what, Susan, uh, let, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, and then uh, we'll bring it down the line, then I'll play the uh, next audio. We probably won't get everything covered, but, you know, we, we got a, a lot, you know, a lot done, uh, but that's fine because we got to, you know, set some good folks on and good amount of people here uh, in the show, and we definitely want to get that out uh, when Jim called and, and the information Kelly's got uh, as well, uh, you know, for us. So go ahead, uh, Susan. Well, I got several things. Uh, first of all, do you know who was the person who released that tape? Of Donald Trump? Who released? Paul Ryan. No, I don't know. I don't know exactly who released it. I, I know Cindy mentioned earlier that no. uh, it may very well. He Trump. did. He Bill did. Bush. Uh, now, his one of his members uh, who was going through stuff, they were given piles of stuff to go through on Trump, and he took it to Ryan, and Ryan ordered it released. I had that for, I think it was World Bank Daily. I'm not sure. I'll have to check back on that. Now, by the way, thanks, Robert. <laughs> I saw the link you put on my page, and I just <laughs> had an article sent to me. So now I'll go to FEMA camp. Hillary's Secret Army is looking at your Facebook page. Thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? You got something that said that? Yeah. Yeah, conservative.com. Wow. If you have said their page, their page rules or offers hired and compensated by a super, super PAC aligned with the Clinton campaign for the purpose of countering negative news about Clinton on social media. Well, I sure know how to. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Send, Thanks, Robert. Send me a, send me a, um, yeah, send me a, what do they call that? A, uh, oh, what do they call it? A screenshot or something of that. Well, I'll just post it on your the link itself on your on the message. Uh, but I was just like, I just checked the link, and then I went back to uh, Yahoo, you know, my email, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> so you're being watched by the Clinton people, huh? Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Girl, now, Hillary, Hillary Secret Army has looked. Oh my gosh! Did someone just sent you that? They're trying wow. to they're trying to style they're trying to scare you into silence, Susan. Is are, is, it, is it working? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I didn't think so. I just said, hey, Hillary, I want clean Hillary water. Hillary's speaking on Facebook. And, I want clean water and her wow. bread in FEMA camp. <laughs> but I yeah. so she this is the article I posted. Um now I wanna tell wow. you. Wow. 
since since Marco Rubio and everyone else who debates with the Republicans, now that Bill and his women, Trump and his whatever, I think if I didn't know much about SEX, I could have learned everything I wanted to know between all these people. Oh, my God. I have never in my life seen such a mess ever since uh, from the topic of hands to uh, I've never. It's, it's mind-boggling. Women in there, what they said to him, what they did to him, what Hillary did. I mean, she slept around with Vince Foster and had him killed, and she's got Huma as her who uh, who freaks. I, I'm sure they have a thing going, and and who is married to Anthony Weiner, who sends out pictures. <laughs> oh my God! If you ever wanted to ever know about sex, you wouldn't have to be afraid to ask. Wow. And we are indeed in Bar's Logic After Dark. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John, because uh, I still want to bring in uh, David as well. Uh, so go ahead, John. And of course, yeah, you too, Cindy. Like, we ain't forgetting about you. Yeah, it sounds like ahead, we're, definitely gonna, we're definitely going to want Trump and all of his entourage to be on the lookout because, I mean, if you think about it, he has got a lot of people that's got a lot of money in a lot of different places trying to use the U.S. Treasury as a piggy bank. So somebody might have a target on his back, and then we'll we'll definitely want to try to keep that, you know, under control. And the sad part is, is the down-ballot ticket. I mean, are we going to get messed over? by the, you know, Democrats squeezing out just enough votes to take over the House and the Senate, even if Trump does win. And then if he does win, and all of the establishment, Washington establishment people, Republicans and Democrats, seem to be on the same side as far as the elite establishment group, he's just going to be like a little puppet up there, just saying all the stuff he wants to say. I mean, it's nice he's got veto power and whatnot if he's the president, but I'm curious if if, if it ain't going to still be the status quo. But something that popped into my head earlier while somebody else was talking about the Bernie Sanders supporters, the thing, the, I don't know if you can write in in every state. Somebody probably might want to check that out because over the next few weeks, there might be enough people to realize that, hey, Hillary Clinton is just so toxic, and she could possibly end up in prison anyway, one way or the other, somehow. Or they're just too few people that's um, showing any support for Hillary to beat Trump at that point. That all of the Bernie people and the Stein people and, the, and what Democrats they can get do a write-in, Bernie could actually win. And I'm like going, well, they better check in all the states to make sure that he, they can write him in because some states don't allow you to do write-ins from what I understand. Now, one other last issue that I think is very important that popped in my head a few days ago, um, James Comey, the FBI director, he first started working with our U.S. government back in the 90s under Bill Clinton, if I understand correctly. So he's got a pretty close I would think at least a long history of understanding where they came from. Now, I don't know if he had any 
relational history with them before he was um, hired on to work in the Clint, or, you know during Bill Clinton's administration or not. But I would think throughout the years, him being a part of law enforcement or FBI or whatever different you know positions he held, he probably has some knowledge of a bunch of this Bill and Hillary Clinton, you know, tricky dickery evil dealings like Whitewater and then all these scandals with the women involved. And it's like somebody mentioned, I think Susan just mentioned about the one man just within the last year or so that suspiciously committed suicide and died. Well, there's supposedly like 43 other people in the last 30 Big years process. or so that mysteriously either killed himself or died or something and I'm thinking well if James Comey started working for Mr. Uh, Bill Clinton back in the 90s and then he worked through the Bush administrations and whatnot and now Obama administration then maybe he has so much knowledge and information about the dirty dealings that how they work that he knew when he was up there getting ready to do this investigation on Hillary that if he didn't toe his, you know, the right line and whatnot and let her go, he might find himself with some cement boots at the bottom of the lake or something. And so he felt intimidated understanding all this, and he just said, you know, hey, I'm more interested in taking care of my life and my family around me than I am worried about justice and, and you know, law and due process and all that. I'm just going to try to, you know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know if there's any truth to any of that, but I think that may be why Comey gave us such a milquetoast, screwy, lawless perspective on her investigation. Anybody got any thoughts on that or feedback? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've read a couple of places ahead, where Comey, yeah, Comey has had, uh, Comey has had, um, he, he's been all mixed up in the Clintons for a long time. Um, uh, let's see. Let me try to find this. Hang on, because I. Oh. He's been okay, he's just... been in with the big money cronyism for a long time. Breitbart has a, a, an article on it. If I can find it. Um, uh... While you're looking for that, let me let me finish one last thing. Because I mean, you definitely think that. With what's going on with them How in the world does any And these people that's in our government The staffers and different people at different levels They have to be turning a blind eye Or in on it or something Or it wouldn't happen you know. Or they are fearful they're going to get killed too They might know more about it I don't know But with this that audio thing that you rolled in earlier About the Muslims and stuff The immigration You know when they come in If they're not assimilating then it's invasion or some form of insurrection. And Trump, in my opinion, in order to not borrow trouble, and I humbly wished he would have said, hey, look, we've got 40-some million people on in poverty or welfare or 50 million people on unemployment or whatnot, that, and the labor participation rate, you know, is... 60-some-odd percent, so that means there's like 37% or so that are out of the workforce. And then with all of the potential for these refugees and different people that are sneaking in across our borders to be potentially terrorists and whatnot, I think we just need to stop all immigration, period, until we figure out exactly how to 
make sure that when they come, they are assimilating. And then that would not have been a constitutional question at all, but because of the way it was presented, it left an opening for everybody else to jump all over him as he's attacking religion and whatnot. And they, if you read the Koran, and there's a number of those seras or whatever they call the verses in the Koran that says, hey, it's okay to lie to the infidels and manipulate that situation until you get into a position where you can actually in that, initiate the caliphate. And the whole idea of the caliphate, to piggyback on what Cindy was saying quite a bit earlier, is what is their end game? Their end game in their understanding, and I don't know that much about all this, so take it with a grain of salt and verify it with some experts, but my understanding is the end game for their um, imam that comes in, and or whoever their white guy that comes in on a white horse or whatever, they have to be led into war and lose their life trying to defend the caliphate in order to get to go to heaven and have their 70 virgins and whatever. If they don't have the caliphate operate in that way and they die within that war, they don't get to go to paradise and heaven like that. So that's what I understand about that, but that's about it. But I'll yield the floor now. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, David, and then I'm going to try to get in a couple more audio clips if possible. Uh, What I'll do is uh, some of them are kind of long, so we won't – I don't know if we'll get those in. Uh, but, you know, definitely part of what the show's about is also some great conversation uh, that is connected with uh, the main topic, main part of the show. Uh, so that's good as well. I've got a feeling this is yet another one of those shows we probably could have fit a, a fourth hour in. That's, <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it's not to be for this evening. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, David. Thank you. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask the panel if anybody has seen – this um, posting, I saw it on Facebook, and it's about the 33,000 missing emails that uh, Anonymous is going to be making those available just before the election itself, and they're, they're saving they the best. a couple of weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> or a week. They claim, they claim they're saving the best for the last, and they're going to make it all available right before the election. And, well, I hope uh, they remember. I hope they remember that there's such a thing as early voting, and there's a lot of people doing early voting these days. Okay, but so they're seen, really pushing have, that. Have you seen the posting of it yet? Because uh, no. there's people. No. Some people are some people are questioning the validity of the source, and uh, but you know, being in the computer business, emails that the Clintons. <laughs> they they took the time to try to delete them and hide them. Well, th- that's that's their opinion of what they didn't think anybody else would ever get to see. However, they were being hacked the whole time. So if they're being hacked the whole time, it doesn't matter what they think they're deleting and bleaching. Somebody else was capturing those the whole time. So those thirty three thousand. She's trying emails. to say she never was. She yeah, she's trying to say she was never hacked. Absolutely she's hacked. That's why a WikiLeak every bit of that is a hack. Yeah, of course they they've been Do you guys and, know that in a do you guys know that in a State Department meeting with top state officials when they started talking about Julian Assange, 
and him leaking stuff. Do you know that she actually suggested that they should drone him? Exactly. Knock him out with a drone? I mean, this really? one, I think she, yes. And, and, yep, and, yep. and so I'm thinking maybe Julia, uh, Julius Assange does have some stuff on her and she knows it. And I'm wondering what she's, are they going to kill him? I bet you he shows up dead somewhere. I'm well, writing a blog article on him. Well, so, I mean, I just wanted to ask. I just saw it within the last hour pop up on Facebook, and it's it's posted as, hey, this is, the end, this is the end of the Clinton. Hold on a second, up- folks. Hold, hold on. Breaking A little bit of breaking news brought to us by Ann Newsom. Uh, let me go ahead and bring this in. Thank you, Ann. Uh, and I'm, uh, you guys know I'm a Green Party guy, so I'm going to read more about this. It says, breaking, Jill Stein endorsed to Donald Trump. Watch her uh, obliterate Hillary. And uh, here's wow. the article. Uh, here's the article that was just sent. It said, yeah, and you guys know I'm a Jill Stein fan. So it says, it's nice to see people come out and supporting Trump instead of condemning him. It's Hillary. Uh, this is from Alexander Warren. Uh, it's an article that came out today. Um, this is from uspoliticstoday.com. It says, if Hillary wanted to recruit some of the independent voters, she just lost that chance. Jill Stein just came out and destroyed Hillary Clinton and everything she stands for. In the video, she says that Donald Trump is better and Hillary Clinton more likely to start nuclear war. She also goes on to say, I'm going to have to find this video. But she also goes on to say that Donald Trump wants to seek a peaceful route with Russia rather than basically declaring an air war on them by trying to create a new fly zone over Syria. Russia has already been very outspoken that they will shoot down any U.S. plane flying in their controlled Syrian territory. Stein goes on to talk about how Gorbachev has said that we were closer to nuclear war with Russia than ever has been because of Hillary Clinton's policies. Hillary policies will start a war with Russia that will go nuclear. Stein brings up a good point that she won't sleep well at night if Hillary Clinton were to get elected. I can't imagine anyone who uh, uh, anyone would with the threat of nuclear war looming over our country's head. This is huge for Donald Trump. Even the independents are beginning to hop, hop on the Trump train. Hillary Clinton was definitely hoping she would win some of the independent vote, but not after this. Everyone is finally starting to see Hillary Clinton for the crook that she is. This country can't afford a nuclear war, let alone the world. We can't let Hillary put our entire country at risk like this. Donald Trump is the best option, and he will find peace. This, uh, this is just from the article, not from Stein. But so Donald Trump is the best option, and he will find a peaceful solution with Russia rather than starting World War III. So Obama was the one that laughed that the Cold War was over, but he has only continued it in the darkness. Please share the civil war. Hillary Clinton must be stopped, like it's in Facebook, US pol- USA Politics Today. Um, I'm going to see if. Uh, I want to find that video. So if, if you find that video, Ann, just send that to me because I would love to see that. Um, and even more so, I've got some contact information for Jill. And I've been trying to get her on, this, on the show. I, I kind of stopped after my – a while after my just pushing, you know, for Donald Trump. But I would love to get her on the show uh, and talk about her endorsement. And also, folks, remember, the person who ran for the Constitution Party in 2012 – uh, all, that's Virgil Good. We've had him on here a number of times on the show. Uh, I've been trying to get him back on, but he's been working some election, some things, I believe. Um, so he wasn't able to come on. Uh, but he also this year, earlier this year, endorsed Donald Trump. 
And so uh, that's uh, – I appreciate that, Anne. Definitely, if you see the video yeah. of that, I would love yeah, uh, I I'd love to see that. I don't think it's like an endorsement endorsement, but I'm I'm trying I'm looking for the video now and I don't see I don't see anything yet, but Well I'll definitely look for the it video does. and see what she and, and see what she says. It might not have been an official endorsement, but still Bear's looking into and uh, you know, as I said I've got some people that maybe I'll be able to get her uh get her on the show, but we'll 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 see how things uh, pan out. Go ahead. There is a video from a month ago that says Jill Stein, Hillary Clinton has a record for doing many terrible things. So I don't, I'm not sure if this is just like someone who's compiled different things she has said about about Hillary. I'm, I wish they would have, you know, included. Oh wait a minute, this video they have like the image of. I can't really tell. Do you see, you see it on on the post? I can't yeah, really tell. Yes, where I that's, do coming from. Well, that's okay. We, anyway. it, it, bear, it, just, it just bears more. It just bears more. Uh, yeah, it, just, it just bears more investigation. That's all. Oh, I, I think I found tr- it. Well, send it to me. Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll make some audio. Maybe I'll uh, have it on the next uh, show. But I hate to interrupt you. Sorry for interrupting you, David. I just seen that pop up there on Facebook and immediately have to, to read it. Go ahead, David. We'll uh, bring it back to you. And then, Kelly, you're next. And then we'll uh, see if we can squeeze in uh, one or two more audio clips. Go ahead, David. Well, I was just, uh, just interested to see that posting about the 33,000 emails. If you do happen to see that, uh, you might scan it. And, and uh, I think it would be interesting to read it to the group. But I would want somebody to kind of take a look at it besides me and see if, if you believe there's some validity to it. And uh, if anybody's looking at Facebook, it's probably easy to find. Robert, did yeah, you see uh, it? yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that, Susan. I got that article. That's the one that that Ann uh, that Ann sent me. Okay. But I don't know if they actually have the. I don't know if they actually have the video uh, of her on that. So we'll 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 be looking. Well, it's better. Than well, I don't know if I will tomorrow. Moment, so I'll be at that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll be yeah. at the Trump rally Senator tomorrow. Send it to me and post it on my on my page on on government rights if you find it. You know the actual video okay. video, but I like Jill right. Stein. I I you know I don't agree with her and everything, but I like her. I like her. She's at least more honest than you know a lot of them. Yeah, and I remember, and I'm going to make this very brief, uh, and then we're going to bring you back in, Kelly. Is I was. Uh, I was at their uh, Ohio, actually, I was at their Ohio State uh, convention uh, this past summer, or spring is back in April, I think, uh, where I got the opportunity to meet her and some other Green Party candidates. And, you know, one of the things they were actually talking about was, the, you know, the Green Party platform. And you may be surprised. I mean, they ended up adopting a liberal platform. Uh, but you may be, and I kind of was trying to head this up, but you'd been, you would have been surprised how many people there uh, when they're talking about, you know, socialism pretty much being a part of their platform, how many people in that meeting actually were not too keen on the socialism aspect of the Green Party platform? You would have been surprised if you were there. Um, it, it was refreshing. I, I wouldn't say it was a, a majority, certainly, uh, because, of course, that part, of the, it was, that part wasn't taken off the platform. Uh, but you, was, you were surprised how many people, and it, and it did garner – uh, that aspect of it did garner uh, 
discussion. So it wasn't it wasn't lengthy lengthy discussion, but it did did take a decent amount of time of uh, of the meeting. But anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly. Uh, we're about the bottom of the second hour already. Ugh, I wish I had more time uh, for the show tonight. But anyway, be that as it may, uh, go ahead, Kelly, and then I'm going to see if I can uh, find some you know some shorter audio to to, to play because. You know, as I said, I know there's people who didn't watch the whole debate, if if at all. And I like to be able to get people to be able to hear that. Go ahead, Kelly. So you want to discuss about the Greens being socialist? No, 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 no. I'll just make it some. I'll just make it some comments. No, uh, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't any fishing comments for what we were talking about either with any of the audio or when Jim came on. Fishy comments? I'm sorry. Is that, did you say I'm, I'm multitasking? I'm writing, writing a letter to a friend right now. Um, okay. <clears throat> well, no, just you know, on, on on any of the you know on any of the discussion we've been having up till now. Okay. Well, let me jump into election fraud. Okay. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let me tell you about the three sides of this. Kind of a really big, big picture. You've got the bad guys, which would be. Yes, Nest, Dominion, Heart Civic, etc. Oh, wait, what's the parent corporation? GEMS. What's GEMS? Global Election Management Systems. George Soros. Okay, they he, he got this thing whole. He got that started, and then he's going all over to these other smaller subgroups, hiding what they're really doing. And now we have today what we have: George Soros, <laughs> including Bernie Sanders, folks. Even if they're socialists, they hate George Soros. You wouldn't believe. Okay. You've heard of Alex Jones, folks? Guess what? Um, yesterday morning, I was at uh, a very risky place. Uh, w- real quick, Ke- real quick, Kelly. Uh, I apologize, but you know sometimes you know I have to break in. Uh, and uh, I have to go, so I want to say goodnight, Ann, and thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. It's always great hearing from you, and definitely uh, hope to have you, you know, call in and hear from you again. Thank you, Ann. Thanks, Robert. I yeah. posted the video to your uh, page. I think I found it, so it's there. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Night. 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 I'm going to tell you a story that, well, it goes back to a saying in college. A buddy said, the liberals are sort of open-minded. Their brains are falling out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was funny, too. But you know what? They are open right now because of the pain of losing uh, Bernie Sanders in California. And that was a very wealthy person's, I'm not going to name names, very wealthy person's place in uh, San Francisco Bay Area. We looked, it was south south of San Rafael somewhere, and we looked across the bay east, and you see San Francisco, and uh, was at their house yesterday morning, talking to them about things, and this particular woman is phenomenally passionate about election integrity and a, a, a true election. And she pulled up a video, uh, and it was Paul Joseph Watson, who's he? 
watch the uh, he's with uh, Infowars and Alex Jones. And they're looking at me like, yeah, we agree with this. I'm like, who is this guy? This is amazing. I said, well, it's Paul Joseph Walsh, and he's in, he's in uh, England. But they're like, boom, they got it. They got it immediately how bad the problem is. Um, so open-minded, their brains are falling out. No, they actually, they're human beings just like us. You know, I know it's a conservative block talk. I'm a libertarian. I'm in the middle. And I'm seeing a lot of, of, of the left even they claim they're socialists, they're totally humans like us. And so this election integrity conference, that's what I want to get into, this election integrity conference was just freaking awesome. And I'm going to get to a solution. I'll get to a solution. It's so simple. Oh my gosh, we can expose these machines, possibly cross our fingers, possibly slay this freaking beast. Okay. So I show, you know, I show up Friday night Everyone, warm welcome. People I talk with over the phone, and 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 you know, and you know, we had a sip of wine or two or three, and it was really late. We got to the conference; it was fun. And then we got to the conference, listened to a number of speakers. Um, this is an overview. And then uh, Sunday we did it all again. Of course, Saturday night sips of wine. Sunday night sips of wine. And then we said our goodbyes. They asked me to stay. By, uh, some key people asked me to stay overnight for Monday, overnight for Tuesday. And uh, I'm telling you, these are high-power players. They've been at this. Uh, a lot of them started in 2000 with the Clinton-Gore boondoggle in Florida. And um, it should be noted that California was necessary for Hillary to win the Democratic nomination. Had to have it. An attorney named Bill Sinpich, in his presentation, discussed how... Alex Padilla, our Secretary of State, sent a memo to all the county clerks and said, hey, look, inform your poll workers that you cannot give any advice whatsoever to MPP voters. What? MPP voters, they have uh, no party preference. If they get an MPP ballot, they have no presidential candidate. California's got a weird thing. So no presidential candidate. They say, well, I'd like to vote for uh, Jill Stein. Okay, you need a Green Party ballot. Well, I'd like to go vote for Gary Johnson, and you need a Libertarian ballot. No, they can't advise them of that. Oh, I want to vote for Bernie Sanders. I need a Democratic ballot or a Democratic crossover ballot. No. According to the king, Alex Padilla, you cannot advise people of their rights. Wacky weird. In some counties, the MPP turnout was only 15%, which means had these people been properly advised, Bernie would have won. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, the MPP votes for president was only 15%. You know, 80% of them were Bernie Sanders folks. So you got a Secretary of State with just one little memo changed a complete election. Unbelievable mind blowing. So these people are burned, they're frustrated, they're fighting, they want an honest election. They, you know, if it's Trump and he wins honestly, great. If it's Hillary, she wins honestly, great. They care about an honest election. One guy from Arizona, his name's John Brady. Came up with a way. This this is the kill the beast, slay the beast approach. Real simple. Go to the scanners and get the raw images of the ballots. It's scanned and then it's turned into a raw image by what? An off-the-shelf scanner. That's not where the magic happens. Not magic. The fraud. Election fraud. That's not where the election fraud happens when you take 
this removable memory drive from the Canon scanner, and you put it into a computer that has the Dominion software. The Dominion counts the looks at each electronic image of the ballot and counts the votes. That's where the fraud's happening. Not with a raw scanner scanner. You know, it might be a sharp, a Xerox or a Canon scanner. It might be them. Those are just neutral. So John Brakey under uh, he, he explained that you can get these raw images. This is already happening, uh, a duplicate thing in Humboldt County where the greatest point spread in California was because people had brought in their own scanners and they counted the vote. 32-point 30, spread for Bernie Sanders in Humboldt County. Because what happened was they scanned them and here's the electronic image. Anybody can get the DVD and do their own recount. Well, if I was going to cheat an election, I would never go to Humboldt County. Like 32-point spread. Greatest in every, any county in California. You don't dare do it there. So the technique for the general election and the primaries, if you want to go back to the primaries, in the general election, in your county, do a records request for the scanner images. Do your own recount. We are going to, through this technique, we are going to finally get a raw ballot. And since they don't have a name, they should release it to you. This is just really stunning. What, I mean, there's so many ways and so many experts, uh, this specialty, that specialty, this way, lawsuits, this and that. All right. There are a whole bunch of people. I, I was so inspired by this um, conference this weekend. Again, mostly the left, and they welcomed me. We had quite a bit of wine and laughs and, and, and looking over the day. Um, there's some really amazing people. And they care about an honest election more than our differences in political view. So I believe Trump will win. It's a libertarian perspective, just analysis. I will I believe Trump will win the election if it is an honest vote. And mm-hmm. there are people working. No, I agree on with that. that. Yeah. I, I, I am working on this furiously when I have time to get this figured out and, and get an honest election. So I, I just – I total compliments for Bernie Sanders. I like them. Uh, okay, I'm going to disagree but I, with some things, but you know what? I like them. They're just – they're so much like you and me, it's ridiculous. Um, so I, I, that's just a quick summary you know, I could spend two hours summarizing all the amazing things people are doing. Again, it's the activists all over the country and their silent battles, if you know about, that are changing the course of history. Um, so I, I would encourage people to up their game, and on, uh, hopefully on Watch the Vote, we will have a link to this approach, the raw ballots by electronic mm-hmm. scanner images. You can do a recount, and either there's two results, Robert, two results in the November election. One, Trump's going to win, or number two, Trump's going to lose, but the electronic fraud system is going to be exposed and disposed of. 
and then we're going to have an honest election. And then maybe Congress will get above a 12% approval rating. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, I the, yield. The, 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 well, that's kind of one of the things that I don't get is, you know, with the trust, with the media being, you know, I think even less trusted uh, than or even having likability or favorable ratings or whatever than Congress does. I don't think they can believe any, anything that comes out of their mouths. Uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead and see if we can uh, just probably just play one more clip, make some commentary on there, and then we'll uh, have to make close, you know, closing comments for tonight uh, and then look forward to – Next week, I can't believe there's probably only you know, maybe three shows left unless I do some special episodes uh, before the election. It's just, it seemed like uh, when the election started, it could be such a, a long uh, process. But gosh, now it's a, I'm here. I'm thinking, my God, we need more time. Like, we need more time. I just keep thinking that we need more time. We need more time, uh, but we don't. So we need to really get our asses in gear. Um, and so let's see what we've got here. Uh, I'll do it backwards. Maybe I'll play the the last uh, question uh, that they had. Well, this wasn't the last. But the last question was kind of stupid. It was like, oh, what can you say good about the other candidate? Blah, blah, blah. And I think I always – I hate those milk toast, you know, kind of questions. But here's probably the, the second last question uh, of the night uh, on that debate. What steps will your energy policy take to meet our energy needs? while at the same time remaining environmentally friendly and minimizing job loss for fossil power plant workers? Mr. Trump, too, absolutely. I think it's such a great question because energy is under siege by the Obama administration, under absolute siege. The EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, is killing these energy companies. And foreign companies are now coming in, buying, our, buying so many of our different plants and then rejiggering the plant so that they can take care of their oil. We are killing, absolutely killing, our energy business in this country. Now, I'm all for alternative forms of energy, including wind, including solar, etc. But we need much more than wind and solar. And you look at our miners. Hillary Clinton wants to put all the miners out of business. There is a thing called clean coal. Coal will last for a thousand years in this country. Now we have natural gas and so many other things because of technology. We have unbelievable, we have found over the last seven years, we have found tremendous wealth right under our feet. So good, especially when you have $20 trillion in debt. I will bring our energy companies back. They'll be able to compete. They'll make money. They'll pay off our national debt. They'll pay off our tremendous budget deficits, which are, are tremendous. But we are putting our energy companies out of business. We have to bring back our workers. You take a look at what's happening to steel and the cost of steel and China dumping vast amounts of steel all over the United States, which essentially is killing our steel workers and our steel companies. We have to guard our energy companies. We have to make it possible. The EPA is so restrictive that they are putting our energy companies out of business. And all you have to do is go to a great place like West Virginia or places like Ohio, which is phenomenal, or places like Pennsylvania, and you see what they're doing to the people, miners and others in the energy business. It's a disgrace. Your time is up. Thank you, It's sir. an absolute disgrace. And actually, in two minutes. Well, that was very interesting. Um, first of all, China is illegally dumping steel in the United States, and Donald Trump is buying it 
to build its buildings, putting steel workers and American steel plants out of business. That's something that I fought against as a senator and that I would have a, a trade prosecutor to make sure that we don't get taken advantage of by China and steel or anything else. You know, because it sounds like you're in the business or you're aware of people in the business, you know that we are now for the first time ever energy independent. We are not dependent upon the Middle East, but the Middle East still controls a lot of the prices. So the price of oil has been way down, and that has had a damaging effect on a lot of the oil companies, right? We are, however, producing a lot of natural gas, which serves as a bridge to more uh, renewable fuels, and I think that's an important uh, transition. We've got to remain energy independent. It gives us much more power and freedom than to be worried about what goes on in the Middle East. We have enough worries over there without having to worry about that. So I have a comprehensive energy policy, but it really does include fighting climate change because I think that is a serious problem. And I support moving toward more clean, renewable energy as quickly as we can uh, because I think we can be the 21st century clean energy superpower and create millions of new jobs and businesses. But I also want to be sure that we don't leave people behind. That's why I'm the only candidate from the very beginning of this campaign who had a plan to help us revitalize coal country because those coal miners and their fathers and their grandfathers, they dug that coal out. A lot of them lost their lives. They were injured. But they turned the lights on and they powered our factories. I don't want to walk away from them. So we've got to do something for them. But the price of coal is down worldwide. So we have to look at this comprehensively. And that's up. exactly what I have proposed. I hope you will go to HillaryClinton.com and we have my we have entire policy. One we more have, audience question. We've sneaked in one more question, and it comes from All righty, folks. And it was just uh, serendipitous that it just happened to talk about <laughs> the environment and Jill Stein. Maybe that's just the uh, way the universe and the uh, works and the law of attraction works on there. Of course, the only thing I, you know, that, that I agree with, that I mean, I do think we could be the, uh, through innovation, you know, technology, working with uh, businesses, things of that nature, uh, be the the world's green superpower. I mean, that's probably the only thing <laughs> that's ever come out of her mouth that I would say. Yeah, let's do that. Of course, our approach would be much different than hers. But I do see it's about quarter to the hour, so we've only got literally not even 10 minutes, unfortunately, for closing statements. So let's go ahead and uh, give each of us probably about uh, a minute to do Not a minute. Yeah, about a minute and a half to do so. And so we'll do this in order. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll give it to you, Susan and then to John, and then Cindy, and then Kelly, and then David, and then myself. And then, unfortunately, we'll have to end the show. Uh, but it was a great night. I appreciate all you guys coming on to the show. Uh, definitely share uh, the link out with, you know, with everybody uh, on your you know, social medias, your emails. Uh, you know, we we kind of count on you guys to do that, especially uh, share out the points of what Jim uh, came on tonight because uh, that's definitely something that's we're really got to get out there and, and make viral for people. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan. 
Um, <clears throat> I don't know much to say, but I did find a um, a video that I think I'm going to um, post on your uh, your message thing. It's called Bernie Sanders was threatened into quitting, and that's been released by WikiLeaks. I've always believed it. I've said it. When people said, oh, he just took a bribe for a plane ride. No, he was threatened. She was going to murder him. If she, hell, she wants to get rid of Julian Assange. So, yeah, I believe he was threatened. My friend would be there, so I'll post that um, to you. I post some several things to you. You're going to have a lot of fun going through all this. <clears throat> but that at least gives you uh, a couple things to... Uh, did you see the signed petition to fire Paul Ryan. Yeah, I, I see something about that. Here. Oh, yeah, good. It's, it's, they are... Um, yeah, post it on the uh, the Bard's Logic. Yeah, go ahead and post it on the Bard's Logic page, Jan. Oh, okay. On the Bard's Logic page. Yeah, because well, yeah, well, if you post it on my timeline, it'll disappear pretty quickly. Oh, no, I posted a message. Oh, that, that's yeah. even better. Okay, that yeah, message is even better. So to that one on Bernie Sanders, it's a, it's a YouTube, and I posted Jill Stein's video, and the yeah, I got that. I posted that to the Bard's Logic page. Yeah, and then the Hillary Secret Army. So you got four of them to go through. Have fun. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have a busy weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm unfortunately, that to took up the. She'll be watching you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, if I have time, I tell you what, I'd love to be able to do the show every night. Uh, but unfortunately, that's that's kind of our, our minute and a half. I got to bring it over to you, John. Thanks, Susan. No problem. Well, I, think, I think everybody needs to definitely start preparations for the next four years. Is going to be a really rough one. <laughs> First of all, we want to try to make sure that the down-ballot candidates are people that are going to help support Trump's platform. Otherwise, we're you know, going to be fighting that. But we, the people, are going to have to be pretty diligent in keeping all this in check and being pre- pre- prepared that this thing might get really out of whack and violent because most people don't like either one of these candidates. And we know that it's probably going to be – if Hillary wins, everybody's going to be mad and throwing a hissy fit and burning stuff down because they think it's a rigged deal. And then if Trump wins, then there's going to be 60% of America or whatnot that thinks it was a rigged deal and screwed up. And, he, you know, they're going to want to burn everything down because of him. So we're going to have to keep our eyes on the game and come up with a real plan and then work that plan. You know, you plan your work and then work your plan and try to make sure that we can uh, get out of this hole and change some rules for the next election so that way we don't have the same kind of nonsense where we get the worst candidates ever in the history of our existence as our nominees. I yield the floor. And with that, that's actually going to be one of the questions I'm going to ask uh, during my Man of the Street uh, Interviews, of course, you know, that's if they allow me to. But, I mean, I was able to have one of the rallies, so I don't find it where I'm going to not be able to tomorrow. Uh, But that is actually going to be one of my questions that I'm going to be asking as many folks as I can get is, you know, what will you do if Hillary Clinton 
does get elected. And so anyway, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Cindy. Okay, well, I wanted to say real quick that I, I found that um, article about the the um, connection between Comey and the Clintons. It goes way back, and he's he's got he's into the um, Lockheed Martin. He's into Lockheed Martin and and uh, has made more than six million dollars from them. And then uh, Lockheed Martin is a Clinton Foundation donor, and so you know there's money coming in there. Lockheed Martin is a member of the American Chamber of Commerce in Egypt, which has paid Bill Clinton $250,000 to deliver a speech. And um, Lockheed Martin won 17 approvals for private uh, contracts when Hillary Clinton was in the State Department. The list goes on and on. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Um, And and it goes way back, too. But anyway, um, I want to point out that people need to understand that she wants to keep a ban on um, anybody uh, suing Saudi Arabia for um, funding the terrorists that went into 9/11. Okay, but she does want a ban. Uh, she doesn't. She wants a. Excuse me. She does not want a ban on lawsuits filed against gun manufacturers for the misuse of their products. Okay. Right. So let the let the lawsuits begin then. Let's 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 add these also. We need to prosecute all of these. We need to sue all these manufacturers, okay? The <laughs> manufacturers of all knives, scarves, scissors, ropes, ladies' stockings, basket baseball bats, arsenic and other drugs known to kill, automobile companies, manufacturers of components of a bomb including fertilizers, various acids, airplane manufacturers, all liquor companies responsible for many abuses and slaughter of men, um, gasoline and any incendiary used in um, uh, uh, arsenic, arsenic, you know, fires, (laughs) propane gas companies, golf carts, golf club manufacturers, how about the senseis of martial arts schools, hotel owners, when somebody's thrown off of their balcony, um, subway trains, companies, um, glass manufacturers. I mean, all these w- different methods have been used to kill a person, okay? So if we're going to if we're gonna sue a gun manufacturer, then we need to also be able to sue all these companies for the misuse of their products. None of these people intend for anyone to murder someone else. Good point, Cindy. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. So we've got, uh, yeah, we only got a few uh, minutes here. So we got to bring it over to, to Kelly and then David, and then I'll have to close things out. About a minute each, guys. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I'm sorry. I'm. <clears throat> All right, folks, um, our republic is under threat. We have many activists. We have many teams to bring about a true election. If it occurs, Trump will win, which when I heard Scalia tonight, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm so leaning Trump right now. I'm still undecided, but I'm like, and I'm also taking it taken back by your thoughts, Robert, I believe what you said this, that um, some are like, you know, 
he's not like others, and they're just even though he's got his quirks and his faults, they're willing to give him a try. That was one of the most brilliant statements I've heard summarizing Trump. We've tried politicians; it ain't working. You know, hearing Hillary and so many different things from the clips, I'm like, you are a snake oil salesman. I mean, she could sell a freaking uh, refrigerator to an Eskimo. Um, it's frightening. And so the oligarchy or corporatocracy is not a fan of Trump. That's held an enormous amount of points for Trump. And so we have to look. Okay, let me say it this way. There are a lot of people right now they totally believe in Trump. Real, real quick, can I have to say because we're, we're about out? <laughs> oh, okay, I'll, I'll make it quick. There are a lot of people furiously exhausting themselves for Trump. On November 8th, they're going to be like, oh, I'll take a break. That's when, at that time, on November 8th, that's when us election integrity activists go into full gear turbo drive to find out the truth. So with that, I it's a paradigm shift, I know, in some people's mind. Please join the fight. Watch the vote, USA.com. Get educated. Do what you can. Let's have an honest election. Let's go ahead and bring it over to you, David. Uh, about a minute, and I'll have to close things out. Well, I guess we don't uh, have David's audio. And so, uh, well, 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 thank you, David. Uh, was there anyone else for coming on? Uh, yeah, but I don't. I, I, unfortunately, I can't hear. Hear you there, David? I don't yeah, think so. I'm, I'm breaking into. I'm breaking into tell you that I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna send you this link to this Comey thing uh, with the connection to the Clintons, so you can put that out. Yeah, put, yeah, post it on either mess, send it in a message or post it on the page. And definitely join us next week, folks, where we'll be hearing some uh, man in the street interviews from people live from uh, a Donald Trump uh, rally in Ohio. Uh, so we're looking forward to hearing that. And definitely share this link tonight. Share uh, the link that, that was put out by uh, Jim Connor Jr. about Watch the Vote. And so I will end tonight, uh, when I, as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thank you, everyone. Good night, and take care. Good night. Remember, the Clinton campaign is watching you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.